I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where you get a slice of cantaloupe at the end. I'm your host, the Caramel Corn Warehouse Assistant Manager, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Proudly wearing his street shoes on this podcast is Henry Gilbert. And who do we have on the line? Uh, I'm Merritt Kay and I can tell you what the little arrows on the floor mean. And today's episode is Life on the Fast Lane. You certainly have a lot of bowling trophies. <laughs> I like you so much. They're not for bowling. You're so naive. They're for lovemaking. Really? Yes. Today's episode aired on March 18th, 1990. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby, the hunt for Red October tops the box office. Salt and Peppa's album Black's Magic is released, and that features the soon-to-be hit Let's Talk About Sex. Mm. And in Boston, 12 paintings collectively worth almost $300 million are stolen from the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum, and they have yet to be found. It is the largest art heist in world history. Sounds like a, a true caper. It is, yeah. Still not recovered. Never wow. found again. It was uh, robbers posing as police officers. So, yeah, it, uh, an, an art thievery worthy of a film. I'm Even like, with costumes. <laughs> That's interesting. And Hunt for October, I think, is the first time Tom Clancy entered our lives. At, at least, uh, unless you were, you know, a retired dad reading his books. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the first film. All I, the submarine books. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, starring Alec Baldwin in the uh, many the the role played by so many people. Now like Jack Ryan. played by Office Jim. Yeah, boy, in, in his films about uh, regime change, which are so great. He hates Venezuela. Yeah, he makes I, the Halpert face of Venezuela. <laughs> Torture hop. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but let's talk about sex. What a great song. Was that also the album in which we were told to push it? Because I like that mm, one, too. I, I think it might have been later. Yeah, mm. I think it is. I think it's a later one. Yeah. The Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. That's a great song. And, and part of the safe sex era of, of rap. As there, well. there was a variant like called Let's Talk About AIDS. Whoa. And it wasn't like a fun, silly parody. It was like, let's do a version of this about safe sex and AIDS. Damn. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Waterfalls is... Partly about HIV, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, they did a whole thing. Yeah. Well, same with a uh, George Michael's song about like uh, sex is natural, sex is fun, sex is best when it's one on one. Yeah, which starred his girlfriend at the time mm. as well in I, that video. I prefer phony calls, which has a clip from The <laughs> Simpsons in yes. it. Oh, yeah, I forget that. It does Weird, yeah? Weird Al's phony calls. Uh, Don't go making them. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was an exciting day in 1990, and and uh, but I guess welcome back, Merritt, to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here again. Previously on uh, Burns, Baby Burns, and Natural Born Kissers. Mm-hmm. Right, the latter of which also being a Marge and Homer episode. Yeah, this uh, now you're back for the. The original Marge and Homer Marriage Troubles yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> the, what's your relationship with season one? Did you uh, like watch it much in the rerun days or were you like uh, a number of our guests who kind of skipped over it when it would show up in reruns? Well, okay. So I think I started watching The Simpsons in the early to mid 90s. I think that's 
I think I was allowed to start watching it when I was probably around like seven or eight. Um, maybe a little older. That seems young. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but so by that point, yeah, there was already reruns. It was already syndication. And uh, I would occasionally catch the first season episodes. And you could tell at the time that, okay, something is very weird about this. Mm -hmm. Like it hasn't like become the thing that I know yet. And the like everything from the animation to the emotional tone of the first season it's very different. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, this is the first, though, that the series like actually gave a shit about Marge's emotion. Yeah. And right, defined right. her more as uh, the shorts Marge, like the uh, angry wife who mm -hmm. says, don't do that. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, yeah. When it's funny that this comes from an episode written by John Swartzwelder, too. That's crazy. <laughs> I think they learned after this, like, uh, I mean, this is a good episode, but I feel like it was heavily rewritten because he does not do these sorts of episodes. Women mm -hmm. and their problems. Yeah. It's not really a Swartzwelder thing. <laughs> he's he's better at crazy cartoons of weird looking old timey men and not <laughs> not not so much marital I do love stuff. those. I mean uh, from all we know about Schwarzwelder I don't think he's ever been married and he's just like a a longtime <laughs> bachelor millionaire smoker collecting like. uh famous baseballs and Hitler paintings. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's a, he's a weird he's guy. He's an odd duck. I, I don't know how much you've heard about John I, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now, and just even the intro. Like, since he retired, he wrote a novel called The Squirrel Who Saved Practically Everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, he's, he's written wow. a lot of novels. His books are really funny. If you like <laughs> yeah, his he, episodes of The he's Simpsons. He's written 11 or more than 11 novels. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it must, uh, it must have been fun coming back to season one with like new eyes on, on this episode then since you kind of overlooked yeah. them a bit that in the olden days. Yeah, absolutely. I think this was one of those episodes in the, in the olden days that didn't really seem as funny to me and that I didn't really, it's funny because I don't think I enjoyed this episode or this kind of episode as much as a kid. Uh, and I, dislike it now for completely different reasons <laughs> ah, okay uh i mean i didn't hate it um there were some fun bits that like i think i totally missed the first time around and we'll probably get into those but um just there's just i feel like the jokes are almost incidental to mm. this episode like lisa's macaroni card uh the reveal that it's like this beautiful work of art the mr brunswick joke uh just things like that that i sort of was just like chuckling at mm -hmm. um but yeah like it's funny because i'm coming at it with like an adult viewpoint now and i'm like oh um yeah this i'm not sure how i feel about this episode. <laughs> <I guess laughs> also i just want to point out um before we go any further and i forget that i watched this um illegally Ooh. on youtube uh, via a channel called Simps World. <laughs> ah, is is this is that one of the ones that cut them up, in, up into six parts? One of thirty it is yes, uh, but also it's called Simps World. That's so interesting. You know that that channel probably started like five years ago, and now they're just like, huh? Well, <laughs> I I can't believe uh, Disney can still have those up. Like I I just used a it was probably the same channel to get audio from uh, like a scene that isn't on Disney plus a couple episodes ago when oh, we right. did tell so had and the easiest thing was just to go to part six of a video as opposed to I was like this is not like the audio isn't like pitch shifted it's not flipped nope. it isn't doing any of the rules you normally see I like when it's on a picture of a TV within yeah. the yes. video frame <laughs> very yes, nice yes or like in the, in the corner with like some weird like wavy 
background. Mm-hmm. I feel like some shows, like some companies are are way more aggressive about that, but you'd think Disney would be. Oh yeah. Yeah. May I, I guess for right now, and maybe we're blowing up their, uh, their scam. Maybe there's some trick to it. If it's a f- under four minute clip, Disney doesn't search oh. for it. Are we narking on Simps world? We might be mar- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Simps <world>. Nark. <laughs> oh, uh, so we could talk a bit about some behind the scenes stuff. This oh, episode yes. originally was called uh, Bjorn to be wild. It is now called life on the fast lane. I want to repeat it's life on the fast lane. Everyone says life in the fast lane the joke is it's life on the fast lane Be- because you're on a bowling lane exactly you're not in a bowling and lane. i guess it's a reference to that song right yeah life in the fast lane well i mean it's also like just a saying too it I is suppose. a saying yeah. uh but when albert brooks came in he was like oh, i want to make it a french guy french is funnier and uh, that was his executive <laughs> decision and they made it a french guy mm-hmm. also important to note that you know season one simpsons mania kicks off with the christmas special this is the first huge break in yeah. new episodes it comes back after like three or four weeks the oh. last new one was uh february 25th this is march 18th which is why this is the second most watched simpsons episode ever wow folks were just wow. so thirsty for new simpsons after that a few weeks of reruns so oh 33.5 million viewers <sighs> holy crap of this episode so that's like that's double the finale of game of thrones i think it's like triple right <laughs> oh my god or something like that so this is not fair at all because over time fewer and fewer people <laughs> Sure. Yeah. watch network TV but the most recent ratings I could find were for uh, the episode uh, season 31 episode Bart the Bad Guy which aired on March 1st that got a 1.6 well so well. yes uh, yeah. this is how TV has changed but what what do you think is the highest rated episode ever? It should be pretty oh, easy. Oh boy. Hmm. An even longer break in the Simpsons Mania. Oh, well then is it Barkett's an F? It's Barkett's an F. Oh, it has point one more viewers. Oh, so wow. three thirty three point six million viewers. And they, they all I would have thought the Thursday move on that would have impacted the viewership. I guess so it was just event TV because yeah. we had that whole summer with no Simpsons. So yeah, and just this... thinking about how much we all love Bart and want to see Bart doing. It was smart of them <laughs> to start with a Bart episode instead of the first in production Burns episode they did in season two. But but yeah, like this episode that takes advantage of the the least hot in terms of popularity character ended up being <laughs> the second most watched one ever for the Simpsons. It was all downhill from season two. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny. I've been digging up the vintage commercials whenever I can find them for this season one, and mm-hmm. the uh, the commercial for this episode. It's like Marge has a bad birthday, and also then Bart gets his tongue stuck in a in the theater. <laughs> like that's all they want kids to know in that 10, 20 second uh, ter- commercial. <laughs> Uh, I think the I think the whole Bjorn thing and Bjorn to be wild. Yeah, like, can we go back to that because to. Imagine Albert Brooks like walks in and is like, French is funnier than Swedish. Everybody knows that. Like, <laughs> do you agree? Uh, I, you know, at this point, the, they're so early and they trust Albert Brooks so much. They're like, <laughs> whatever you say, Albert. Like, he's, yeah, he already is a heavy, by 1989, when they would have recorded this, he already is a very respected comedy oh, figure. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and especially he's, he's friends with James L. Brooks. They work together. He's going to trust his buddy, uh, especially since he does so much improv. 
job. That yeah. They're like, well, yeah. be comfortable in your improv character. I, yeah, I assume he he spoke none of the dialogue that was written for him. <laughs> and uh, I think in the writing, the intent was like, let's swerve away from the expected like French Lothario. Let's make him Swedish. But mm. I like what he does with this character. He has a lot of fun with him. And uh, almost in a... very good, yeah. Yeah, almost in a self-indulgent way. Oh, I mean, it's very indulgent. Yeah. It's yeah. Especially when he breaks his accent to go, four onion rings! <laughs> uh, well... I wonder if the whole Bjorn and Swedish thing comes from that this is like in construct the idea of the the old timey at that point idea of the the wife who is cheating with the tennis tennis instructor instructor, Uh yeah and so you've got Bjorn the Swedish tennis uh, legend or whatever that guy who I only know through jokes about Swedes playing tennis well uh, that then they're like oh so it's a Swedish tennis instructor but now we'll make him a bowling instructor and that's who has sex with all the wives like and there's even a joke where, you know, you see those scenes in those old movies where the tennis instructor is like behind the wife showing her how to perfect her form. He's doing that with a bowling ball, which doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't think he would do that. Like, stand behind the woman and show her how to bowl the ball. No. no. <laughs> which uh, Are you suggesting he has ulterior motives? Oh, yeah. He, he'd be canceled in our modern day, Jacques. Uh, the way he touches Marge without consent. I'm not even kidding. Like, no, I, mean, I, I don't think he was viewed to be that creepy, just like a guy who's trying to hit on Marge. But well, now he's like a mega yeah. creep in my eyes i mean he's following all the pickup artist rules of like safe oh touching God. and yeah uh, i the limited knowledge i have of those rules he's doing it which uh is creepy what's his flair uh i i guess it's like his pompadour hair or his like bowling glove perhaps turtleneck sweater nice yeah. turtleneck yeah <laughs> Uh, I, you know, before we uh, fully get in the episode, I did want to shout out one thing that um, I think it was on this commentary, but honestly, I, I mainlined like four commentaries in a row. So I maybe have this mixed up, but it's I, it's time to bring up this person who we don't haven't given a creative spotlight before. David Silverman on the commentary shouts out to a man named Mike Gerard, who was the overseas animation supervisor they hired on, who he credits to the show really getting a lot better in mm. character design mm. matching up. He uh, Gerard's first credit on the show is Bart the General, and that is when it really started to it's come true. together and stay on model. So Mike Gerard was their big hire they sent over to the Korean studio ACOM, and I think that really helped them a lot with persistent character design for the rest of season one, at least compared to the first four episodes of mm-hmm. season one. And uh, Mike Gerard uh, still with us today. He uh, got his start on a lot of Saturday morning cartoons as a character layout artist. He's credited on uh, many tunes, including the Droids and Ewoks cartoons. Oh, okay. oh my god! <laughs> uh, he did animation checking on Simpsons until the end of season five. So he even continued from the changeover from Klasky to Film Roman. He was still doing the animation checking. His last credited ep is Lisa's Rival, the final one of production season five that aired. Okay, and uh, he also did a similar animation checking job for Rugrats and Eek the Cat mm. as well. Oh. Two fine shows. <laughs> and uh, his l- most recent Simpsons credit was he came back to do some character layout on the Simpsons movie. Excellent. Good so, choice. So, so Mike Gerard, tribute to you for getting this show on model. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more bit of pre-show info before we start. It's all about Jacques, by the way. Ooh, so okay. they would only use him, I think, for three more jokes. So one is in the Do the Bartman video. Mm-hmm. 
where he's dancing with Princess Cashmere, he like spins her and she turns into Carl. Not yeah. Carl, the African-American friend of Lenny, but Carl, the gay character from Simpson and Delilah. Harvey and he's like, Firestein's character. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and he's yeah. like, good. Uh, another joke, I think, is in Homer's Triple Bypass where they're going up through the hospital floors. And one of the jokes is a doctor's putting on a glove. Yes, and it, yeah. And the, the intent is like, it's going to go in his butt. It's a prostate exam yeah. joke. Yes, yeah. And the last one is in Team Homer when he's part of the home records. Yes, with all the mm. other characters that uh, the Marge or Homer consider cheating with. Well, Princess Cashmere's in there, and I think that's unfair. Yeah, like, yeah, Homer she, just danced with her. Yeah, she's a performer that Homer got photographed with. She had no, she's not a home record. They needed a fourth. I guess um, so. <laughs> But also, Jacques is in almost every episode for 20 years because he is one of the people Bart skateboards by in the revised oh. opening. Him, Apu, and... Um, Bleeding Gums Murphy. I keep forgetting he's in the revised opening every episode. He's there for like 20 years, and, and he never appears in a speaking role again. No, he's he. I mean, he's a funny-looking character. I like his big hair and his like swoopy arms and everything. I I don't know. It's a it's an interesting look for Jacques. So I I can see why they stuck with him, and he's one of the most memorable characters from season one too. Just I think mainly thanks to Albert Brooks being funny in improvising in that in that way. Maybe, too, that's why this episode doesn't feel like a Schwarzwelder one, because he, like, rewrote half the script <laughs> with his, with his <laughs> improvisation. That, that's probably it, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so this episode begins uh, with another shortened opening, but the most naturally done one where it's, like, actually an animation instead of, like, crude 1990 video editing, where it's, like... And it, you know, it's the whole city, and then it's a zoom in on the on the house that is like done in animation, not through video. You got to make room for all those ad libs. (laughs) I know those A Brooks ad libs. I'm shocked there's a montage later in the episode because it's like, yeah, think of the ad libs you could have kept in here. If you... Well, according to the commentary, there were two, oh, two okay. montages. There's only one now. <laughs> well, all right. That makes sense then. Uh, but the episode begins with the kids making breakfast. Da, 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 da. Whoops. Oh, whoops. Whoops. This is going to be the best birthday breakfast mom ever had. Hey, Lisa, you think that's enough for her? Maybe one more. I hope she likes the presents we got her. Well, I know she'll like mine. Who wouldn't like a bottle of real French perfume all the way from Gay Paris? Four bucks plus tax. Well, I think she's going to like my handmade birthday card better. Oh, big deal. Dry macaroni, spray paint, and glue. Whoopee. Dibs, first dibs, I get to lick the beaters. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I always love that foley on the uh, the motor <laughs> yeah, turning. Yeah, you can hear the motor going yeah. as it's stuck in place. That's that's good foley. Yeah, yeah. I I love the drawing of Bart with his tongue stuck. It's a very <laughs> silver mini drawing. With that great sideways mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. When you say sideways mouth, it reminds me of uh, Leela's parents in Futurama. How their oh, mouths yeah. move. We get a twister mouth and a sideways mouth in the same scene. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bart uh, has a twister on Gay all the Perry. way from oh, yeah. Gay Perry, yeah. And uh, one thing I noticed is that it's a lot to ask, especially for animation of this time, to have a, such a complicated piece of art as Lisa's macaroni picture. Oh, yeah. Which is why mm-hmm. they do with like a video effect, they loop the uh, shot of her blinking twice. So that piece of art's on the screen for four seconds. Just mm-hmm. be like, can you can you actually read this on your SDTV <laughs> in 1990? All of these lines. <laughs> I was glad they kept it on screen for so long, though. I edited out the silence there. You may have noticed in the in the clip because 
it is just like four seconds of silence as we appreciate that drawing. But yeah, like the the line density on that, it it would be cruel to the animator who drew it to be like, all right, one second, you get it. They you threw out it. the house made of squirrels from uh, <laughs> Time and Punishment, but they kept this in. And it is, we're, st- we're still in the era of uh, odd fades on the show. So it's like fading from Bart's immense pain to Homer and Marge sleeping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think the... The fades are something that they abandon pretty early, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like the such low energy way to transition to a scene. Yeah, like the the Simpsons editing style ends up being just like hard cuts, right? Yeah, by season two, I think they figured out hard cuts are the way to go, not these deflating dissolves or fades. Oh my yeah. god, so fucking depressing! <laughs> like <laughs> such low energy for for a show like this. Yeah, you're supposed to just be laughing at <laughs> such a funny drawing of Bart, and then you're like, ah. Whoa. I mean, I will say that they kind of fit the tone of this episode because it is kind of a languid episode. Mm. Um, it is sort of this like lower energy one, and so like. They they do they are still awkward, but like if they worked in any episode, I think it would be this one. Yeah, this is the most fun that you have uh, in the beginning. So they're setting yeah. up for sadness and goodbye, my wife. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the the kids making breakfast opening also feels like straight out of the shorts. Like especially, yeah, they, yeah. they mess everything up. They make like twenty pancakes, which you'd need mm-hmm. like five box, two at least two boxes of Bisquick to do that. I think the though that does remind me as as a kid of. I tried to make pancakes a couple times. It's easy kid breakfast, mm-hmm. but you you end up making a me- a bigger mess that, of course, you leave to your mom to clean up, which I figure is what they're going to do there. Just like, isn't oh, it yeah. nice we made you breakfast? Anyway, mom, mess, mess in the kitchen. Time to get to it. <laughs> Also, did Lisa microwave that cake? I, I realize now oh, she kind of yeah. takes the cake out of a microwave. Maybe it's oh, like a I little, um, one of those little uh, ovens. Maybe, hmm. maybe. But it's. Uh, I mean, you can make cake in a microwave with a with a mug. Did you ever do that? Oh yeah, I've seen those. I've, yeah, I've, uh, yeah. I think a friend once made a coffee cup cupcake. In, yeah. in such a way, you can do it. I mean. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I I also now think of just the amount of like carbs of like here's a giant stack of pancakes and cake. Eat it right yeah. now. Mom. People yeah, didn't the thing, know. Okay, so pancakes. What do you guys? What's your take on pancakes? Like just generally as a food. Well, there's a giant schism in the Talking Simpsons world yes, about this yeah. between me and Henry. Uh, really? I, I am a very pro pancake person. As a kid. My mom would bake pancakes like once a week, and it was an important morning for me. I was like, oh, boy, uh-huh. pancake time. So uh, even to this day, I love to make pancakes as a special like breakfast, and I I am a pro-pancake person. I am uh, staunchly anti-pancake. <laughs> I can have one, and then I just the rest are just a cold sponge on my plate. I will yeah. say... I love. I prefer to have one very good waffle, mm-hmm. like a, like a uh, like a grits waffle or something, like a fancy oh, waffle. See. That is my ideal breakfast. Uh, I guess disc mm-hmm. breakfast well. disc. There you go, <laughs> Merritt. You sound to be on the anti pancake side of things. Um, I I I'm uh, I'm in the pancake centrist. I think uh, okay. um, because yeah, <laughs> like I'll enjoy a pancake or two. But the thing is, like, if I go out to a restaurant or something my move is always to like, like someone else get like an omelet or scramble and then I get pancakes and then we just like share, like split them Uh because ordering pancakes is just like, to me, that's like, yeah, by the time you're done, like two of them, you're like, okay, what are we doing here guys? We're just (laughs) eating like dough. This is, uh, but yeah, my dad actually made them 
uh, once a week growing up for me as well. Mm. And he would always do like Mickey Mouse pancakes and like turtles Aww. and stuff. Oh, I love yeah, those. Yeah. I, I have pretty fond memories of, of pancakes. Yeah. Oh, those Mickey Mouse pancakes. They, 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 yes, actually that unlocked a happy memory for me. You right people there. with Aww. parents who made you breakfast. <laughs> Toaster strudel. That's what I was up to. I would thaw the little packet of frosting on the oh toaster. My god. Efficient. Oh my god. Toaster strudels, though. Hey, do you want to just have like a, a pastry dessert for breakfast? Like, yeah, I do. Mm. Uh, now, nah, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to steal a joke from Jim Gaffigan, but he has a good point of like the. Uh, he had a great joke in one of his many food jokes that. If you ate a whole cake, people would think you have like horrible depression. But if you eat a stack of pancakes, they're just like, that guy was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we can't go too, on too long about this, but look up his bit about kudos, the uh, the granola bar kudos. Oh, I haven't seen this about one. About how it's just like you're just eating a candy bar. <laughs> uh, but I, I am pro pancake. I do recognize that they are a giant pile of carbs if you're counting calories. Like you, the pancake is the one thing you eat all day, it should be. Uh, one, I will say to listeners, you know, one host of Simpsons is heavier than the others. So, uh, maybe I should be more anti pancake. I, days, I so. say I was recently turned on to the world of Montreal style bagels. Thanks to my uh, Canadian Montreal. partner. Never... Uh, they're flatter. They've got bigger holes, but they're more delicious. Mm. Yes. Never heard of these. That was our breakfast corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, anyway, the kids, the kids make breakfast, uh, the one day a, mo- a year breakfast in bed for mom, but I guess you're supposed to do it on mother's day too i i feel like i did this once ever because i saw it on tv i i (laughs) i wish i'd put more effort into honoring my mom Mm. on these special days but i did not uh and so the kids entered the room another just great drawing of the kids unhinged jaws as they scream (laughs) happy birthday i just love it that's great one of my crocodiles (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's one of my favorite drawings all of season one uh uh, and Homer wakes up, and it's a new level of stupid for him. This is the Homer scenes are the oh ones that feel the most Schwartzwaldery because he's so dumb in this, uh, including thinking that he forgot his own birthday on top of thinking mm-hmm. he forgot Marge's. Happy birthday! Ah! Ah! What? Here's your birthday breakfast. Oh, oh, isn't this nice? My birthday? No. It's my birthday? What did I get? I love birthdays. No, Homer, it's mine. You don't even know your own wife's birthday? Well, of course I know. Sure. (laughs) You really thought I forgot, didn't you? Oh, right. What'd you get her, Dad? Yeah, what'd you get? Uh, well, a very thoughtful gift. But it's a surprise. (sighs) You know, it's such a beautiful morning. I think I'll take a little stroll around the block. I don't know what the name of that, if there is like a name for that kind of exit, but whenever that happens in a Simpsons episode or just like basically anytime, like I find it very funny. The whole like Homer, like the sound, the Foley of like the running out of the room, going down the stairs, slamming the door, starting the car, (laughs) driving away. And I think there are a few like more extended versions in uh, the Simpsons as well. Or... You hear an airplane taking off in yeah. some longer ones. <laughs> I think yeah. there's one where his brain does it too. Not the yes, one where it rises yeah. out of his head, but it's like, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's uh, it's a really funny gag that The Simpsons does so much that you're kind of inured to it at a certain point, I think. But the yeah. just Homer, how much control he has on his face when he's in the room with them, just like, definitely not. Didn't forget. Uh, anyway, just going to take a walk. But then you hear how hurried he is the second he's out of yeah. sight. And it, be, it betrays his confidence. That feels like a Schwarzwelder joke to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so cartoony. Well, because it also implies that he could get out of his second story uh, bedroom and into his car in like four steps. Which... Right. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. For the Simpsons. It's my birthday? No, Homer, it's mine. But when Homer's birthday gift strikes out. Beauty, isn't she? Well, it's hard for me to judge since I've never bowled in my life. Can the kids save the day? First kids, I get to lick the beaters. The Simpsons, Sunday at 8.30 on Fox 5. Hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as a bunch of perfume from Gay Perry. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Merrick Kay. You should definitely check out all the cool stuff she's been doing on Fanbyte and follow her on Twitter. And if you're enjoying this podcast, I suggest signing up at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Subscribers there help me and Bob do this full time thanks to their support. And for $5 and up, folks, you get to hear every episode of this podcast a week ahead of time and ad-free. And that also goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where we talk about a different animated series once a week in the same Talking Simpsons style. And beyond that, you get over a hundred exclusive bonus podcasts already there with more coming every month. For example, our many exclusive mini series where we go through in Talking Simpsons style series like King of the Hill. Futurama, The Critic, and coming very soon, our complete series retrospective of Mission Hill, plus interviews, over 20 interviews with folks who have worked on The Simpsons, in some cases since season one or even earlier. You want to hear all of those and tons more stuff if you sign up at the $5 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. But if you'd like to get something even better than $5 a month rewards or a bowling ball with your name on it, then you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. There you get access to our monthly what a cartoon movie podcast, where we talk about a different animated film in the same way that we cover Simpsons and other cartoons. Sometimes for over four hours, we talk about a different animated film, such as SpongeBob SquarePants, the movie, our most recent one, Iron Giant, the animatrix. The Great Mouse Detective, Batman Mask of the Phantasm Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, a Goofy Movie, Aladdin, Toy Story, and so, so many more. You'll learn all about those films, and we talk about them in a wonderful Talking Simpsons style over 50 hours of podcast for you at the $10 a month level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So please sign up today.
One thing I do like, so these shows are kind of noisy, but one thing I did notice is like Homer's uh, jeans are just full of change as he's putting them on. I just love that (laughs) fully touch. It's just like, yeah, he never cleans out his pockets. And uh, I also, I really like the gag that the, it's not subtle, but you can just see it in both their faces. Like Marge is obviously upset that Homer clearly forgot her birthday, probably not for the first time, but it. It's that Lisa and Bart both have the understanding that they know he forgot too and are judging their relationship <laughs> as well. <laughs> like the way Homer goes like, it's my birthday. And then Lisa goes, no, <laughs> like, just shuts it down. And Homer, again, so stupid. He thinks he forgot his own birthday first. He's like, it must be my birthday. There are no other birthdays to celebrate in this bedroom. <laughs> as you get older, you do forget how old you are sometimes, but never your birthday. No, no. <laughs> uh, also, yeah, I. it's hard for me to remember times my dad remembered my mom's birthday, mm. but he also didn't feel guilty when he was reminded he forgot. So that's, that's the childhood <laughs> I'm coming from in this angle here. Um, but I guess it's nice that Homer cares that he forgot i suppose though this is a very 1990 sitcom thing too of the the dad forgot his wife's birthday what's he gonna do but it goes into a much darker direction oh yeah than a regular sitcom would uh so homer goes to the springfield mall second time we've been there first scene in the x-men's episode and uh another of these like underrated gags i don't think was expressed hard enough is when homer gets there he's surrounded by elderly people like yeah you know. <laughs> they knew the culture of the time and like i don't yeah. th- i don't think the um the christmas episode had like sign gags in the mall but this is very much the 1990 there's a store for everything yes. isn't there uh, yep yep and yep. i i love it cuz i miss malls i i went to my yeah. dead mall back in my hometown and i loved going there and now that i go to canada pretty often Malls there are thriving for some reason. I don't understand it. Wow. They are. Yeah. No, we do have a few big ones. They're not as, I mean, I don't know. I just want a time machine just to use it for the most inane purpose of going back to like a 1990s mall, you know? I, my favorites as a kid were like the crystal and sword stores. Those oh my were, God. Mm. Right. Pewter dragons. We, we sell pewter dragons with crystals in them. That's <laughs> our thing. With a never ending waterfall as well. <sighs> Brain sticks. <laughs> uh, yeah, the now now it's just so dated. These gags. I mean, a mall. Well, now we're entering the era of humanity where we just don't go anywhere, and no. nobody leaves their home anymore. But uh, I'm risking my life just recording in the same room as Henry. <laughs> it's uh, we have some in person guests soon. I, I have a feeling I'm going to just tell them like, Cat, why don't you just call in from <laughs> from two from two miles away, please. <laughs> Uh, we could talk about the stores Homer sees. Yeah, uh, they're mm-hmm. kind of funny. We're getting there. There's lots of jerky jokes in these early episodes. Yeah. There's, okay, so I did actually laugh at, like, he runs past the jerky hut and it's like too salty. Like, like <laughs> it's just such a non joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I couldn't help. I guess he needs an uh, adjective for whatever store he runs by. So there's the International House of Answering Machines. Right. Uh, the Jerky Hut. You mentioned the ear pier. Oh, like, sorry. We mentioned the Jerky Hut. There's the ear piercery. The Caramel Corn Warehouse. I realize caramel is spelled wrong on the yeah, side. It's spelled like the city. Caramel, caramel. Corn oh. Warehouse. And then uh, Girdles and Such. Mm, Fancy lingerie. Too exciting. Yeah. I liked his too exciting. The uh, Him saying too corny. That's like an intentional groaner. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm sure it was just a spelling mistake but i want to imagine that it's a heavier joke that it's corn they sell simply corn from carmel they don't sell mm. caramel corn. oh my god they just that would mean- be very good yeah <laughs> 
Uh, and then, like, in Blood Feud, there'd be a joke where Burns was doing the same thing, like, uh, too cutie-poo, like, yeah, saying things to all the gifts at the mall. That it was, he wants it was to get yeah. this exact same pacing as well. That Yeah, also, uh, I mean, the lingerie joke, too, that's another of those, like... Um, sitcom dad jokes of the 90s i just remember where it's like mm. the mom would say lingerie is a gift for you not for me and well uh, later in the season we'll see marge wear her thing with the things as uh, homer yeah. calls it. That, it that did seem like a gift for homer but but marge enjoys uh, they they show in the show marge enjoys sex including sex with homer like she she doesn't regard it as a chore like say uh peg bundy sometimes does mm. perhaps but uh, I, I don't know. It was a very, I feel like these, this brand of jokes too, of just like the husband wants to buy lingerie and the wife hates it jokes. Like, I, I think those are lost in our more sex positive times. Uh, also, like Marge, I feel like three different times this episode, they accidentally give Marge white pearls, including yeah. when she's on the phone. <laughs> Um, uh, but yes, in this in this next brief clip, I really like the uh, list of bad gifts they've gotten before. Patty, he's out buying me something right now. No, Marge, he never gets you anything you want. He always gets something for himself. Like the tackle box. Remember when he got you the tackle box? And Connie Chung. And when he surprised you with the Connie Chung calendar? I'm sure he doesn't do it deliberately. Loud knitting noises in the background. Yes, yeah. Uh, and Maggie <laughs> sucking over yeah. the thing, too. They really learned a lot to of distracting that. stuff, yeah. Well, uh, this is not important at all. One thing I noticed in the scene, I'm noticing all these new details for the first time. I'm watching these on a bigger TV than I was originally. Uh, I noticed that the smoke coming out of, uh, I believe it's Patty's cigarette, is a video effect. It's not part of the animation. Oh, I didn't notice that. So That's I'm guessing they cool. forgot to add that to the scene uh, <laughs> when it was sent overseas or whatever. But yeah, it's a video effect. It's moving independently of the animation. Yeah, That's really interesting. I miss that. I, I, I just like the... That they are tag team helping destroy Homer. I like that mm -hmm. Selma's off the mic and she's just like, or off the phone saying like, remember that tackle box? Like, yeah, remember the tackle box? Like, I do like that it's sort of uh, like Patty and Selma have flipped, in, in my opinion, in my estimation, where the joke was like, aren't they awful? And I now think they rule. Yeah, like, I know. They're incredible. Yeah. They tell it like it is. Mm -hmm. They, they are correctly pointing out that Homer is a bad husband who is buys right. thoughtless gifts. Like, yeah, like I, I can see how like in the 90s, they're like kind of supposed to be villains in this situation. And they are painted that way through like a lot of the series, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they're good. They just hang out with lizards and <laughs> just like, yeah, talk about how Homer sucks. They're comfortable with who they are. Yeah. And that's what I like about them twins who happily live with each other like yeah and they and also they're especially in the character of selma you really get to empathize with her just like you know her loneliness or her want to have children like all that stuff i i like how you can really feel for selma over time but in in these first episodes yes they i i mean especially when we got to hear from bill oakley that like patty and selma were heavily inspired by sisters-in-laws or a sister-in-law mm -hmm. that sam simon had i figured out which sister-in-law it is oh, he was married really? to jennifer tilly uh, it's not jennifer tilly or meg tilly it's the third tilly the third tilly oh, yeah the so third secret tilly <laughs> She's out there. But but also since uh, I think Sam Simon had at least one divorce in his life, if not more. So Oh, he was uh, breaking up with Tilly around this time. Yeah, yeah. So I I think his uh, real life sister in laws who were Patty and Selma they were correct to think he was a bad husband and that their uh, si sister was better off without him. 
but I guess because this is, you know, it's a sitcom, you're supposed to root for Homer, but he's real. This is the worst Homer's been as a husband to this point in the show. Also, Connie Chung, uh, it's just like Connie Chung was just a funny name to say then, like in, in, a, I'm in you know, a xenophobic way, too, I yeah. would say. And I don't think she was viewed as a a babe, or am I, I mistaken? So. I don't think like she so. was. She's an attractive woman, was not like a Fox News like Stepford wife uh, <laughs> host or whatever. Right. I don't think. Yeah, I guess it's just the joke that it. It's actually a very similar joke to a Connie Chung Christmas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> uh, and then, so I think there's some continuity because in the in the Telltale Head, Homer wins fifty dollars to buy a bowling ball we're like he never bought the bowling ball this That's is true. what he's spending that 50 dollars on oh. it's rare continuity between episodes <laughs> i i also was thinking of telltale head because in patty and selma's home there's a f- portrait of a uh, photo of bart on the wall and i was just thinking back to like boy in telltale head they were trying to murder bart as part <laughs> of a lynch mob against him That's true. <laughs> Um, and yeah, Gene, Al Gene notes on the commentary that at the time they thought it was like almost too far that Homer would buy such a thoughtless gift of a bowling mm-hmm. ball with his name on it. But now it's like that is an easy thing for Homer. Homer That's is like the, base level jerk ass Homer. Yeah, he's he has been 800 <laughs> times worse. Now Mark. I think he'd steal something. Yeah, he would he would steal. I mean, he'd steal something from Flanders house yeah, after attempting to bash in uh, Flanders, head. <laughs> I mean, we've already at this point in by up to season 10 we've seen homer like steal marge's car when she said no i'm not driving this car you drive it he's like fine and then he steals her car so uh they they enjoy homer being a horrible husband at this point uh well so him even thinking to buy her a gift that he would present as a gift Mm -hmm. to her that's actually far nicer than current homer is him taking the effort to even go to the mall yeah right and wrap a gift that he would present to her like the homer would never is season 11 homer never would do that i think it would be far more likely that homer would like uh thoughtlessly hurt marge physically without even thinking of it <laughs> before getting her a gift like uh but uh also we get to hear the uh mention of the rusty barnacle which in production order homer's night out comes before this one. Oh, okay so that's also why like technically in air order there is a first appearance at the end of this episode but in production order, it's not that co-worker's first appearance. There are back-to-back uh, infidelity episodes then. Yeah. If you th- if they had aired in production order, Marge, after witnessing the whole stuff with Princess Cashmere, it would make even more sense that she's like, oh, yeah, I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, now in the order, if you take it as continuity... Now in the order is Marge decides to stick with Homer and her reward for that is a humiliation of him dancing with uh, a sexy lady. Wow. Uh, she should have, I, I like to think off screen, she called Jacques that day of like, hey, can we get, get this back on? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Rusty Barnacle will be seen in the next podcast we do. But, but now we get a uh, not great joke restaurant. The Singing Sirloin. Yeah, this, you know, there's bits in here that feel, talk about heavily rewriting. There's bits in here that feel very Gene and Reese. And all these song jokes, that feels really Gene and Reese to mm. me. 
it, yeah, I, yeah. I just it takes so long to yeah. get through the joke, yeah. and you're looking at some freakish character designs too. <laughs> now, I yeah, they should have been in our uh, character. Well, there was too many. We could have had a whole night of just showing people bad character designs. But yes, the the ones in here not so good. I I do though to compliment the art. I like the design on the singing sirloin mascot and the front of the restaurant. And apparently it only appears again in the fantastic episode Homer versus Dignity. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> I don't God. know why. I prefer the gilded truffle when it comes to fancy restaurants. I look forward to seeing the singing sirloin then. But uh yes the the family heads out there in this next clip. Homer, we're having dinner tonight at the Singing Sirloin. Ah, sounds delightful. Just you and me and the balladeers. And the kids. Fair enough. And my sisters. So. Oh. How we danced on the night we were wed, my baby. What a lovely way to say how much I love you. my God to thee. Whenever I'm in a restaurant and the waiters sing anything, my blood turns to ice water. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on second listen, this that takes way too long. And they basically make the same joke later on in the episode better. Oh. Um, when when Marge is driving past like the couples and then the skeletons. Yeah, yeah. It's a better joke of threes. Yeah, much speedier too. And it doesn't yeah. involve like uh I would assume they I I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I would assume this hits the legality of like, well, we just sang one line from it with no music behind it, so mm. maybe we don't have to pay for the songs. But mm-hmm. the uh the the songs in order that they that are sung there. First off, to the Winchell family, the, uh, the that husband and wife, the elderly couple. It's the Tom Jones 1977 song, Anniversary Song. I tried looking that up. I, I know it's a cover that a lot of people have done. He did the po- the popular one, but I couldn't find out where it originated because you can't just type in Anniversary Song yeah, into Google. I, I hit the same wall of research there. I'm, I'm sorry. I uh, Song-loving listeners out there hopefully can clarify that i i would have i would have thought it's older than just tom jones because the winchells wanting to have sung to them a 13 year old song at that point that feels too new for that old couple like they should be getting a song from like 1930 sung to them mm. uh and then the next song is paul anka's you're having my baby or having my baby parenthetical your <laughs> um which is a song from 1974 and uh it's uh it's cute song fine uh he wrote it and sang it too and then finally the uh familiar christian hymn near my god to thee which i guess in popular culture is most famous as the song that the the band plays as the titanic is sinking Ah, okay gotcha yeah oh hey hey i found a anniversary song oh did you oh breaking news yeah it's uh actually called waves of the danube so if you go to Wikipedia and search anniversary song, it redirects. Oh, um, gee, to, man. Two waves of the Danube. And uh, it's a uh, an 1880 waltz by Ion Ivanovici. Wow, mm. well. It's one of the most famous Romanian songs in the world. Wow, wow. Well, I stand it, corrected. <laughs> it was given the title anniversary song by uh, Al Jolson when he and Saul Chaplin did an adaptation in 1946. 
Okay, then it totally fits for their age yes, to get that yeah. song. And they right. only had to pay for having my baby because that has to be in the public domain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I wonder if they got around the just say, singing two lines of it kind mm. of rule, but... Uh, yeah, that joke just takes too long. As did the explaining of it. That's why I so, had I had clips lined up, but I was like, I'm not gonna play those clips. Yeah, the songs. And uh, coming up soon, very uncomfortable with the fact that Marge is uh, turning 34 in this episode. Yep. I was younger than her when we first did this. I will be 38 in a few uh, months, so not cool. Mm. Also, turn on the critic to do some research for something else. A Jay is 36. Wow. So Homer's 35 in this episode, so man. we're just, we're older than all wow. these characters. Oof. At least Henry and I. Yes, yeah. We won't speak for you, Merritt. <laughs> no, it's... But they, they don't seem like they're in their early 30s. No, it's, they see, like, when I watched, if you had to ask me, if you asked me, like, what age do you think Homer and Marge are, like, from the beginning of The Simpsons, I would say, like, like late thirties, early forties. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought the same too. But I, you know, I reflect on like my childhood and right. friends of mine who had like parents and who those parents were probably in their early twenties. But in my kid brain, I was like, yeah, they're a parent, which means old. I can't yeah. remember. Well, on I think it. yeah, and I think too, like just people were getting married and and having kids younger. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Like, 20, like, 30 years ago for sure so there's also also that i guess it is keeping with the early continuity where homer and marge were born in like 1956 they graduate yeah. co- uh, high school in 1974 so by 1990 if you're born in um 1956 you are turning 34 yeah yeah, yeah that that yeah. totally fits i i do like though on the math on that that it means that like homer and marge okay they got together in their senior year uh-huh. Bart is 10 and Bart yes. is 10 years old when March turns 34. So that means for four to five years, they were an unmarried couple, like childless. So there, they, they dated a long time. There are good episodes that you can mind from that that I wish they would have. That's like four whole years. Young, well, they they um, did do the, that 90s show. The Adventures oh, uh, of Young Marge and Homer. Yeah, yeah, like Young Marge and Homer in the late 70s, early 80s, having fun. <laughs> it has to be a period show at yeah. that time. Them going to see Star Wars, or uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Annie Hall, but I think let's leave that alone. Well, there is there is that uh, that shot of them seeing uh, Empire, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is that when Marge is pregnant? Yes, uh, she yes she has just gotten pregnant. It's and, when she's as beautiful as Princess Leia and as wise as Yoda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah they they see. Empire Strikes Back, and then that same night, Homer proposes to her. Yes. Way to go, Mr. Wow. Ruin the picture for me. <laughs> uh, love that guy. I, I actually think you, in the backgrounds at the mall, you will see, thanks for ruining the picture for me, guy. I, I know that, ah. like, oh, it's that weird mustache guy who I remember as, thanks for ruining the picture for me. Uh, so... As the family is eating, the the sisters are talking very loudly about wishing Homer's death, which I guess that's a little mean, but Homer does look disgusting, like yeah. hunched over his plate, yeah. shoving meat in his mouth. <laughs> There's a very disturbing shot of him uh, looking up from his food, but he's drawn with fingernails on accident, Ooh, oh, and it just, no. it's, uh, it's ghastly. Jesus. I, oh I'm, I'm glad I missed that. That would haunt my dreams, I think. Uh so then the kids present their gifts to Marge and uh, it, I really like in this scene the the tightrope the mom has to walk of accepting gifts from a child. 
I think she likes my present better. Does not. Does too. Does not. Does too. Does not. Then how come she's not putting on any of your perfume? Yeah. Hey, Mom. How come you're not putting on any of my perfume? Mm. Mm. I'm saving it for a special occasion. What the hell are you talking about? There's <laughs> gallons of it. But this occasion is already so special. If we made it any more special, we might end up making it less special. Gotcha. Told you she liked mine better. Oh, brother. <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, yeah, the Marge will never wear that cologne. Like that. It. The joke is that perfume that big could not possibly be good at that price point. You'd never sell it in that big a thing. Bart probably bought that at a CVS. Or yeah, I was whatever. wondering where he got I mean, it. Yeah, it's like a hooch jug. <laughs> it's like a jug band jug yeah. of wine. Carlo of, Rossi. Uh, of perfume. <laughs> I, uh, though that also, that takes me back to a uh, couple like gifts I remember my dad got that were clearly from the convenience store <laughs> on the way home. Of just the, like the candy cane full of pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> the the pantyhose rose. Now that are uh, the, the, the underwear rose, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have anyone has anyone given their parents like a macaroni gift? I like we made them in school, and for some reason I had access to a cigar box, and it was a cigar box covered in macaroni and then spray painted gold. And all I remember is when we had to spray paint the boxes, we went to this weird like underground corridor of the school to do it uh-huh. oh, wow. <laughs> that's the what i remember about it but i recall my mom using it for something but it was just yeah. like a uh, stinky cigar box <laughs> covered in macaroni and spray painted wow i i made an ashtray like thing it wouldn't be used as an ashtray because my parents didn't smoke uh but i it didn't get used much it was just like oh spare change goes here kind of thing and i made it was my hand in clay. Like I put my hand on clay as a little kid, mm. cut around it, and then we put it in the kiln. That had uh, that was sat next to the kitchen phone all my childhood. And I think now I look back on it, I think my mom really liked that because she Aww. was just like, "Oh, Aww. my little baby's hand." Like that's that's how she thought. What but. makes me feel incredibly old is I remember making an ashtray in kindergarten or first grade. <laughs> it's like we're gonna make ashtrays today because wow. smoking rules. <laughs> Everyone smokes. Yes, uh, your parents must smoke to deal with you all day. So uh, here's something to stick their cigarettes in. I know I do. Uh, no, and I mean, I gave, uh, I can't recall any specific gifts I gave that didn't go over well with a parent, but uh, I'm sure I did if I even bothered to get gifts. Now, now I, I work hard to get my mom a, a good gift, but uh, sometimes she uses them, sometimes she doesn't. And I just kind of accept that, like, you know, I thought she'd really want the first four seasons of Gilmore Girls on DVD, mm. and then I <laughs> that I see them all in plastic, still on the she- on her bookshelf, like four years on, and I I realize okay, not not my best gift. That's why uh, cheese and meat baskets for me. Mm, yeah, you know mm. what? I have uh, not going to give them a specific plug, but chocolate covered strawberries are a mm. nice, easy gift for for moms that I think they uh, mine appreciates at least. The parental gifts, any any uh, horror stories there, Merritt? Uh, I'm sure there. I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were just like you know macaroni cards. Um, <laughs> I, the one uh, good gift I did give as a child to my mother was um, in shop class. We made like what they called like banana hooks, but I think are much better for holding keys. They're like oh. it's like just like a little base with like a little. Thing coming off it and then a hook and like 
none of them were heavy enough to like if you put hung bananas on it they'd fall over <laughs> yeah but uh i think my mom still uses that oh, oh that's nice yeah that's nice uh well, meanwhile, Homer's on the end of the thing we've all experienced of, you know, shopping for gifts for a partner and, you know, wanting it to be good and you hope it goes over well. I think I think I've done well, you know, with my husband and gifts for him. He's he's here today. So if he's listening in, I, 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 <laughs> he's I pounding, he's pounding on the wall right now. <laughs> Shut this out. Uh, but but I think I've gotten good gifts, you know, uh, Definitely a risk of getting too good a gift is that you have to equal that from then on. Mm. And you're just like, boy, where do I go from you're here with You're in direct gifts? competition with each other. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I definitely have never gotten... I guess I have bought gifts that I would also enjoy that are like, uh, we'll both go to this movie together or we'll both go on this trip to Disneyland together. But I I don't see those as selfish. I guess I suppose it is sort of a gift for myself, though, when I have bought us uh, the anniversary trip to Disneyland. I just got us, for <laughs> example. Uh, but but a bowling ball with the, his name on it. I mean, that's uh, pretty extreme. And it's it's even funnier that Homer presents it like he puts so much work into the presentation yeah. of this gift. That's what's so weird to me. Like he, he talked to the waiters beforehand and we're like, you're going to sing happy birthday, bring the present with you and it's uh, help us present it. I think just Marge is so neglected to the point where he thinks his ruse will work. It's like, well, mm. of course she understands. I'm just going to buy a gift for myself <laughs> for her birthday. Mm. So it's what we normally do. That's true. Maybe it is just uh, thinking she's so stupid that she also wouldn't know it's a gift for him, which is uh, kind of an insult to her as well. There's so much wrapped up in the cruelty of this gift. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, uh, let's hear Marge's uh, excitement at her new bowling ball. Hold on. Hold on now. Your mother hasn't opened my present yet. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy 34th birthday, Mrs. Homer Simpson. Happy birthday to you. God. Oh, don't worry. This frosting will come right off. Beauty, isn't she? Well, it's hard for me to judge since I've never bowled in my life. Well, if you don't want it, I know someone who does. I keep that music stink because I think it's a bit much. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. it's a little gib, little gibby. <laughs> yeah, we we're making fun of Richard Gibb, the this first season composer. Just, but, but okay. also just compare this Marge to the Marge from like No Disgrace, like Home, mm. like just such a different character. Oh man, or in Homer's Odyssey where she's yeah. just like, "Why would you try to kill yourself? Your family's great." Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> she's not like looking out for herself or interested in her needs mm-hmm. until now. Really, I think. This is the first time she's been so insulted, which had they gone in production order, Some Enchanted Evening is about Marge's feelings and does delve more into her, you know, psyche. But this does it in such a better way. The Foley on the bowling ball cake drop is like, I don't know what I mean. Maybe they just dropped a bowling ball into a cake, but it's really (laughs) disgusting. It's just horrible to hear. It sounds like they got some like Hanna-Barbera effects library or something, because it's not like Mm. it's just like a real cartoony splat noise. (laughs) I, I also love the extra gag that Homer just ruined her birthday cake like she can't eat it now yeah. like her right like uh that alone uh, uh your partner ruining your birthday cake it's like and, oh don't worry the ball's fine yeah that that's cruel whatever the gift was ruining the birthday cake and not apologizing 
that's pretty bad. I like how the next scene starts, and it's inferred that she was giving him the silent treatment until this point. Oh, yeah, I do like that. Because he's like, he's been trying to talk to her the entire time, and the scene picks up where she actually responds to him. Uh, also, they paid the big bucks for happy birthday. Like this, yeah. it, happy birthday is now public domain, has been for four years, or close to four years. But back then, they had to pay for the real ass song. Oh, so. Yeah. They had to pay the birthday sisters. <laughs> uh, those those birthday sisters are not getting that cash any longer. Thank goodness. You take it with you. But yeah, I think, you know, this is cartoonishly selfish, but I think it was taken at the time that like most husbands are that awful and unobservant and it was just treated as like, you know, Lockhorn style humor of like, well, husbands can't be better. What are you going to do? Which uh, I think we're in a better spot now. I would hope so, but uh... I think so. I also like don't watch enough modern tv to be able to say mm. i well i mean now i compare this to the cur- the just launched simpsons companion show duncanville the animated series that's on after simpsons for uh at current and the dad in there he is the total opposite of homer he cares too much mm. he wants to be too friendly he wants to be the oh. friendly cool dad and i think of like ty burrell in modern family where it's like they're more just like bumbling losers, but who uh, don't hate their wives. I think that's <laughs> true. I will say I have been exposed to couples where I, I think to myself, like, are you modeling your relationship off of old sitcoms? Because it's like, <laughs> right. uh, we don't like each other. We have nothing in common. We despise each other's interests. And all we want to do is get away from each other. And we have fa- fun little little fake fights in public. It's just like, ooh, this is, this is unsettling. I don't like this. <laughs> You got. They need to get more witty bon mots at each other if they yeah. want to be a sitcom. <laughs> we need the wheel in the married with yeah. children audience. With without without the quips, it's really just sad. <laughs> if they, if there's not a funny way to say you spend too much money on uh, my credit card, then it's just depressing. On Fortnite skins. <laughs> oh, we just we've <laughs> talked about that in our last episode. That's the, what uh, couples fight about in 2020. I assume <laughs> we. Uh, oh man, the. You destroyed both of us with that groom's cake uh, revelation last time. The, the, fort, the woman dragging the man away from the video game's wedding topper. Yep. Ooh, oh, boy. my gosh. <laughs> uh, dark times. But, uh, yes, uh, Homer, though, is uh, he... I also, at the start of this clip, Homer is kind of emotionally manipulative, too, of just like, well, you say we need to talk, so let's talk mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah, just, he's he, despicable. It's, uh, there's, there's, fucking sucks. There's no defense for this. Like, she... Me, she earned the right to fuck around on him at least once. She is she's awarded one hall pass or whatever <laughs> for for this. Hold on. We always say we should talk. I'm talking right now, as a matter of fact. But I'm going to stop in a second. So please say something back, Marge. Please, I'm going to stop talking now. You bought that bowling ball for you, not for me. What? No. The holes were drilled for your fingers. Well, I wanted to surprise you. I couldn't very well chop your hand off and bring it to the store, could I? You never intended for me to use that ball. Well, if that's how you feel, I'll take it back. You can't take it back. You had your name engraved on it. So you'd know it's from me. Homer, I'm keeping the ball for myself. What? But you don't know how to bowl. Whoops. (laughs) I'm keeping it, and I'm going to use it. Thank you for the present, Homer. Well, you're welcome. Um, I, I also feel real bad for Marge just re-listening to that, that she has to ask him four questions in a row to, for him to finally admit, like, mm-hmm. yes, obviously I bought it for me. I he, He's lying to her for so long. Like, it's just, it's it's awful behavior. It's not, I, I'm not laughing. It's just sad. It sucks to see. <laughs> 
and that Marge finally has to to finally catch him in a lie like Clarence uh, like a DA has to or whatever to yeah. finally prove it like it's just sad she has to put in all that effort all as he's trying to just like trick her over and over like uh, I mean I couldn't cut off your hand did you want me to cut off your hand it's like you can get God. finger measurements you know Jesus like, yeah it's uh, it's all quite cruel <laughs> Uh, so then we head over to Barney's Bolarama, referenced in the show before, but this is the first time. Correction, on Henry, it's oh. Barney's new Bolarama. Oh. Oh. oh, I missed the new on the. They side. put a new in, so oh. the only reason Homer can bowl again is because the place his dream job was at burned down. Yes, and yeah. this is a yeah. new bowling alley. We we found out. It, you're right. We found out it burned down on Moaning Lisa. So the new there is because they rebuilt it. Yes, you are correct. It was I, only mentioned, never seen until now. Yes, yeah. Huh. Which, uh, as they as they say on the commentary, it was imagined that that's where Barney Gumble's job was. Like he owned the bowling alley. But, right. Yeah. But very soon they realized that there was no <laughs> way Barney could believably own a bowling alley. Yeah. And it's his uncle who owns it, right? Eventually, yep. by season six, they're like his uncle Al owns it, and in oh, fact fires okay. him from it. I love how he says "shino ballo." <laughs> <laughs> so uh also the exterior of the bolorama david silverman on the commentary shouts out eric stefani as the designer yeah, of that shot. I saw that. it was really cool that like eric stefani who was at the time the lead singer of a band called no doubt uh he's he was filling in his time with his day job at klasky chupo drawing simpson scenes so there that the and the shot of the bolorama is really cool i do like it. i do love the uh the tacky 60s design i did a lot of uh bowling in my youth at the uh, similar run i love rundown bowling alleys from this era so much oh yeah same five as malls <laughs> uh yeah yeah i i would think bowling alleys are a little healthier now than uh mm. the malls are perhaps but uh the the bowling you know uh, my stepdad he's super he was super into bowling i don't know if they have a local bowling alley right now where they're still playing but he he was really into it one of my favorite places was it was called uh, it might still be there in uh, boardman ohio uh, camelot lanes and guess what it was shaped like oh a castle a castle yeah. so yes oh it, God, yes the road oh. It, oh sorry go ahead wait actually i think i remember hearing something about this place how long ago were you there Oh, the last time I was there was probably like 20 years ago. <laughs> okay, so I think it looks like it maybe still exists, but I remember hearing something because there's a bowling alley and mini mini golf place in Brooklyn uh, that's indoor and uh, like indoor mini golf and stuff. And I think that they scooped up a lot of like the old, you know, like uh, pieces and like furniture from places like that. Wow. Man, yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, Camelot Lane still exists. Okay. And um, it was built on this road that was once just like nothing uh, stretch of road. So you'd be driving down this mm. nothing road and see a castle and be like, we're going there. <laughs> now it, it was super built up with like strip malls and malls and stores. So now there's just like a castle amid <laughs> all of these normally uh, regular stores. And track Incredible. housing, I would guess too. The, yeah, I, uh, the bowling, you know, I, I enjoyed bowling bowling as a kid i think we probably went a few times a year to the local bowling alley as a either a family trip or uh you know friends are staying over let's go to the bowling alley type thing and mm -hmm. uh, also though in middle no high school in high school i was lucky enough that my high school was right across the street from a bowling alley so you could actually 
in gym for a gym credit take a bowling wow. class and wow once a week you'd go across the street to the bowling alley and and just bowl that's incredible it was that pretty counts the gym credit i would have been so on that uh it was uh it was really great honestly it was the bit my favorite gym class i ever took just getting to leave school <laughs> yeah well and and you're surrounded by the other kids who don't want to take gym class so you're in like hat you you've got your <laughs> friends yeah. all around you it's great uh, but yes, the uh, Marge arrives at Barney's Bolorama, and then we get this joke. What's the deal with jokes about cartoon moms having large feet? Like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, I think probably the easiest explanation is that the writers are just like feet guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they definitely are in King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that, yeah. Remember, yeah, that became that a part episode. of Peggy's character, her having a shame over her big feet. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she accidentally stars in a foot fetish yep. website. Yeah. Peggy's magic sex feet. <laughs> uh, but the, this, I think, is the only joke they did about Marge's surprisingly big feet. I think her feet are treated as standard size of feet or the more yeah. average size of feet. Yeah. She does have webbed toes, though that never comes back either. In, in, the, <laughs> in the deleted scene, we find out she has night blindness. What? Yeah, oh, and she's like driving Lisa home from Nelson's, remember? That's right. And it's like a deleted yeah, scene they yeah. didn't put in the episode. I forgot that March has a lot of secret maladies. I forgot <laughs> that. But yeah, the in this next clip, Marge getting her shoes, uh, this they uh, talk about how she has shockingly large feet. Excuse me, where do I throw this? Over there. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You're gonna need a lane. No thanks. I'm just here out of spite. Can't bowl without a lane. Well, all right. Okay, here you go. You keep score on this. What size shoes you wear? Never your mind. Can't wear street shoes on the lanes. You gotta wear bowling shoes. What size, please? Thirteen double A. Thirteen double A. This is the closest I've got. A nine and a fifteen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great. Mar- Marge is uncomfortable this whole time in the bowling mm-hmm. alley. I uh, yeah, I also like the. The teen, that should be the squeaky voice teen, but it's before they invented him. But ah. I I like that both things he tells her, he has a sign to point at that says that exact ah, thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great joke. But yeah, Marge is uh never you might I also love her like I'm here out of spite. Like that that feels like a James L. Brooks kind of uh statement. Like this this gives Marge a lot more presence of mind of her situation i do love that line i'm just here out of spite (laughs) she knows she's there for spite she's only going one night to be like fuck you homer i'm using this bowling ball that that's her only plan and that she can recognize that fully that's that gives a lot more credit to marge than the show had been to that point Mm -hmm. yeah and so yes we get our first appearance of jacques he uh he's such an interesting looking character and his second voice appearance of albert brooks on the series playing the less uh funny bob yeah cowboy bob (laughs) uh which you know i you know no it's not I guess to be safe, I should play the anti-death jingle for him. He's not that old. He's in his seventies. I guess so. Yeah. I ain't dead yet. He's tweeting, folks. He's tweeting up a storm about politics. uh He's a busy tweeter, Albert Brooks. I I still like him. He's pretty great. Hasn't uh, no cancellation yet on him, which I feel like you got to watch for of any person who was famous in the seventies. I think that is true. Mm -hmm. Or I guess uh, famous at any point before two years ago. Really, Mm -hmm. it's uh, you're running that risk. 
One thing I like about Jacques, though, it's easy to get lost in the uh, the higher, the more heightened jokes. But I love the subtle running line that he is a kind of a loser of limited means, <laughs> and yeah. the way he wants to romance Marge, they're very cheap, like seventeen fifty, or like getting four onion rings. And he's also not good at bowling. The first thing we see is his score was one hundred and twenty. He's oh. like one hundred twenty pins later. I am the better man. I okay. Yeah. I, I missed that joke oh. because yeah, I thought I was like, wait, is that the number of pins that there are? Well, because if you were to bowl a three hundred game, then you would knock down a hundred and twenty pins because you'd have ten frames of ten pins, and then you can get the turkey on the last ten uh. frame to get twenty more. So. In dialogue, that I think that could have been huh. Albert Brooks saying, "I bowled a perfect game and won this game." Oh, I. But the, if the scorecard says one twenty, then that's what his score was, which is a, not a bad score. We in- we don't see the scorecard, but I took it to mean like his score wasn't even that high. Like he's not even a great bowler. Oh, uh, okay. Because everything else about him is such such like low stakes. Like he lives in like a crappy <laughs> studio apartment. He like treats March to like bowling bar uh, bowling bar food. Yeah. And like everything is just such low stakes. I thought like maybe he's not even a good bowler, but I could have misread that. I I think it goes either way. I mean, I like that he's a big fish in a very small pond of the local bowling alley. Like even the the ladies who are excited to see him win, they're not drawn to be like particularly attractive no. in Simpson style either. They're a bit like intentionally frumpy. I get I get that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like if you think about it, yeah, Jack's whole thing is like hanging out at the bowling alley, seducing <laughs> like housewives. Like on the one hand, okay, sure that is lit um but on the other hand it's Uh like this is really sad (laughs) like this guy (laughs) is like like we're supposed to see him as this like big cool lothario but like he's just a very sad man (laughs) well and also like how what how big is the pool of housewives he's got to work with anyway right like Like, five like (laughs) why are they at the bowling alley like what is what is this guy's life Single or married, there's probably not a lot of ladies who go to the local bowling alley in Springfield no. by themselves anyway. That's why he's got to steal all the wives. <laughs> uh, but he's definitely the second he sees Marge, he's he's got his eyes set on her. I uh, yeah, it it seems like he's at least kind of good at bowling. Like he's I wit you know, it would have been cool to see him versus Homer in a bowling matchup. Hmm. Like, but I it's also weird, like when you think about if Homer wanted to be sweet, he'd say, okay, then you have your own bowling ball. I have my old one. Let's go bowling together. It'll be a couple's thing. But Homer can't even think of that. Because thou shalt not horn in on thy husband's racket. Uh, yes. That's true. <laughs> Homer's disrespecting that part of the Bible. <laughs> uh, but yes, let's hear the, the first scene with old Jacques. I'm, I'm awfully sorry. Entirely my fault. It is nice to meet you, Homer. Oh, no, no. Homer's my ball's name. I'm Marge. <laughs> Your fingers are so slender, so feminine. The thought you tapered for the ball you're using, you need something lighter, more delicate. Here, use my ball. No, no, thank you, Mr. Um, Brunswick. Call me Jacques. <laughs> Jacques. Marge. I'll just use my ball. As you wish. Many people have senseless attachments to heavy, clumsy things such as this Homer of yours. <laughs> May I ask you a bold question? Sure. You've never bowled before? Never. No. No. 
Then I will teach you. Oh, I don't want to trouble you. Not at all. I am a professional. It's a, it's a real long scene. I kind of cut around yeah. there. But. Mm-hmm. A lot of improv. But yeah. it is funny that this is the first time we see, like, I really think it's the first time we see Marge as uh, her naivete that's uh, both cute and sad. Like, she's <laughs> yeah. not fully aware she is being, you know, hit on, really. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this man uh, wants to help me out. Don't trouble yourself. By the, the most mm-hmm. forward Lothario you could meet. Yeah. I Well, though, I think there is a bit of knowledge in Marge in how she knowingly chooses to not say she's married though. I mean, unless she took off her wedding ring before going there, they don't draw the detail on it, but you should assume Marge is wearing her wedding ring, but yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole like, Oh, that's my ball scene. Like she immediately starts lying. Yeah. Yeah. She, she doesn't want to talk about like later she will say to him. Right. I'm a married yeah, she woman. Does tell him. So but. I think, I think at this point in the scene though, my, my own interpretation is like, she doesn't want to say, uh, this is the bowling ball. My husband got me for my birthday. Yeah. I'm oh, right, in a bad right. marriage. She doesn't want to confess <laughs> that to a stranger. I, I yeah, really think that's she, more likely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jacques making such a creep move on her, though, uh, of touching her fingers, though. I do like the at least comedy of using the bowling alley particulars of the little camera that's on your uh, scorecard. Mm-hmm. Though at the bowling alleys I went to, none of them had that uh, in as a kid. They were at least computerized enough so that they would show that you would just input numbers on the screen. You wouldn't oh, need wait, to wait, wait, wait. Sorry, because I, I didn't even understand what that was supposed to be. I, I liked the shot, but so is it that you put the piece of paper that you're writing the score on, and then it like shows it blown up on a screen so people don't have to keep going down to check yeah that's it yeah yes. i think it's like some sort of projection that that's, was like yeah no i definitely all the the bowling lanes i ever went to were were like little old sad computers like <laughs> atari 2600 graphics yeah. of like a turkey yeah. dancing around <laughs> oh man i love the yeah if, if the local place could have a funny video to play when you got like a 710 split or whatever those would yes. be so great Oh, love those but this this place is so low tech that they just have the little cameras that are uh, it also seems to be black and white and not with much definition on it you just see the the I, outlines of their hands i think it's more of like a like a rear pro- not rear projection but overhead projection oh yeah yeah yeah. do you remember oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. those sense. things in your school oh, the yeah. overhead projectors yeah <laughs> that's why homer took that out of the av club <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> Uh, also as a, as a kid, I didn't know that Brunswick was a brand of bowling ball. And so that's a funny, that's a cute joke. It's cute. But, uh, I think, you know, Brooks, it's funny to see Brooks as an improviser here. I do love his line. Like many people have, uh, useless attachments to heavy, clumsy things. That's such a funny line. And also the cleverness, it's more clever than it seems where he's like, May I ask you a bold question? Have you ever bowled before? Oh, like, oh my God. I it's, think it's intentional wordplay. It really is. And it's one of those like, oh, right, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> a little too subtle, but I, I appreciate There's it. There's a lot of that in season one. They just yeah. they, they write clever jokes, but aren't fully sure how to play it just yet. But, but yeah, um, Albert Brooks has fully figured out this character from the first second. Yeah. Like He knows who this character is and where to take him. And uh, I mean, him and Julie are fun scene partners too like very different him and dan like dan kind of feeds him stuff like he's a little more trained in improv julie as as Marge, she's just like oh oh really oh like she or she just legitimately laughs like she yeah just, <laughs> i saw that because the the laugh that Marge does is just 
uh, Julie Kavner's laugh after Alfred Brooks had made some like joke that isn't even in the episode. Yeah, I, l- I love that. That just became Marge's laugh, and it's such a great laugh. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I also like how he transfers Marge over to uh, to his lane, like yeah. just easily picks her up and <laughs> puts her down. Uh, and uh, I mean, she did get a strike, so he. I don't see what how good of. Uh, I don't see that as very good teaching to say like throw damn you, but clearly it works. She got a strike. So. Just using her anger. He uh, actually in this next clip, Jacques describes all the things he can teach Marge. Wink, wink. You're a very good teacher. Yes, I am a very good teacher, and I can teach you everything. I can tell you what the little arrows on the wood floor mean. Hmm. Which frame is the beer frame? I bet you don't know how to make a 5-7-10 split, do you, Marge? No. Well, first of all, you yelled, the eight pin is a cop. (laughs) Let it out, Marge. Laugh loud. Laugh out loud. You'll lose weight. Oh, that's very funny. Feels good. Oh, dear, I didn't realize there was so much to this game. What do you charge for lessons? $25. $25? It's a $40 value. Mm. <laughs> oh, all right. When do we start? We have already begun. Ooh. <laughs> he, he is a priest. Is that the first instance of the, the musical sting? Oh, or is yeah. That later? I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I cut yeah. it out there. But, he, yeah. he has accurately appraised the, the value of his own services. He's like, <laughs> it's a $40 value. <laughs> uh, I forgot in all of this, Jacques is not only making the moves on a married lady, but, and he's, he's going to benefit in that way, but he also is getting paid by Marge once a day every time he sees her. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's he's doing pretty good. He's yeah. he's uh, he's not a pickup artist. He's mm. like some kind of sex worker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's hus- well. He's or he's kind of hustling. Really, is what he's doing. Yeah. Um, he's like, well, you know, I, I obviously the end of this rainbow is I'm going to have sex with her. But in the meantime, I may as well make like a hundred and fifty dollars. Hey, that's 1990 money. That's true. That goes far. Yeah. That's a Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I did look up what those two things are that he talked oh, about. Okay. The, the arrows on the floor and the beer frame. Uh, I'm just going to quote Wikipedia here. So arrow zone targets. The arrow zone is a section on the lane with arrows to aid bowlers in rolling the ball over a specific spot on the lane. They are approximately 15 feet from the foul line. It is called the arrow zone because they are staggered on the lane. So that's uh, that's what those arrows are for. And uh, the beer frame, the frame in which the only bowler on the team to not strike in the frame or the bowler with the lowest score in the in a predetermined frame buys beer for the rest of his teammates. So that is what a beer frame oh. is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's it's more like uh team bowling humor there of the beer frame instead of just like any old game of bowling so there you go that's that's the facts of uh of uh bowling can we talk about the pizza like the dead air pizza scene oh yes yeah. uh, because I... there's a joke in there where it's just like my brain i have to think about it for a while to realize it's a joke it's the passing of the pizza box oh where... my god that's my favorite bit in the entire episode for me, like it, it's so slow. It's, the pacing is so slow that in my brain, I'm like, oh yeah, Homer just walked over to get the pizza box. Like I, the joke in my brain is not like he warped there or whatever. I, I I just see it as like I love the continuous pan and just like the the switch in. For me, the timing is is just perfect, and it's just <laughs> one of those absurd like impossible shots that I love when they just like sneak in. I like that they went for it. It just feels like out of place in this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, like... it is it is weird. It kind of stands on its own in its own little perfect world. <laughs> I I love the Homer 
going back to his bachelorhood, it feels yeah, like, where like, he's like, make food for kids, uh, order pizza. That's how I do if I wouldn't go grocery shopping. I mean, I don't think men of today are expected to know how to cook, but especially back then, like whenever oh. my stepdad was a dinnertime champion, it was like, Arby's, we're getting Arby's. Mm-hmm. Your mom can't cook tonight. <laughs> Arby's. We wow. live right by, I ate so much you Arby's, Arby's growing town. up. You were in Arby's town. Yeah. It was, uh, oh. Columbus, uh, sorry, yeah, it, uh, Arby's area. My, my stepdad's motto was let Arby's worry about it. <laughs> I uh yeah, I got I got many a pizza, but like man, I can't remember my dad even picking up pizza. Like this is uh, I I don't want this to just really? be like Henry complains about his dad hour, but yeah, this uh, these were even rare, I'd have mm. to say. Well, I I will say Homer has a recognizable quality to me in here for my dad, which is fear of your wife doing anything without you because it yeah. is the pathway to leaving you. And, uh, and in that case, my dad was right to do that. But that feels like my dad was actually correct to fear those things, as, to, as history would prove. But I think when uh, dads can recognize those things, it's it's this halfway admission of like, oh, I am a bad partner, but the way to fix things is to limit her ability to leave me as opposed mm-hmm. to improving the relationship. I can see that because Homer is worried about Marge uh, going out to bowl before he even realizes there's some sort of emotional affair happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being halfway there as a husband of realizing like, oh, she might think to leave me if I don't spend all, every second watching her. But they never, uh, Homer barely, ever so slightly makes the next step of like, I should improve as a husband so that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homer puts more effort than some dads did into <laughs> feeding their family, I will say here. I I do like, though, uh, right before the pizza passing, I do like the, the silence of this scene. Now this is living, eh, kids? Hot pizza. The food of kings. Don't be scared, Dad. It's not so hard taking care of us. <laughs> Lisa, I'm not scared. I think it's a great chance to spend some time with you kids. Your mother always gets to be alone with you, and now it's my turn. Does the time always drag like this? <laughs> God, the mouth fully. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maggie, they gotta calm her down. <laughs> <laughs> They, they learn again after season one. They learned. They learned to not have Maggie uh, have her pacifier sound over every scene. Yeah, uh, but I I like to the level of effort. Uh, so Homer doesn't even have to clean up. Like he didn't even give them plates. Like it's just no, like you just, take right, the slice yeah. out of the box and you eat it. Eat it over the sink. <laughs> <laughs> it's such just a, a cute scene of the family eating together, and I like that Lisa comforts him by like she knows he's scared he's he's never had to spend time around his children without marge there apparently and so uh-huh. he's he's just kind of lost I, I like how he they comfort him uh and then uh i have another quick clip here of uh jacques talking marge through the uh, the peculiar things of the bowling lane first you must get to know your lane feel the slickness feel the set when i finish Caress it. Experience it. Quite smooth, isn't it, Marge? Oh, very smooth. Smooth? Yes, very. Yes? Yes. Yes. Smooth? Smooth? Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> you could eat off of it. Mm. You hungry? Yes. Four onion rings! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. Like, in the oh uh, the shot of Marge, like, f- slipping because yeah. it's, it scares her and the foley of the thump and... Uh, 
it I don't think we're supposed to read it as Jacques does not have a, fr- have a French accent. He's just breaking no. character. Just like it's just so funny to hear him scream. Yes, yeah, it's incredible. But again, that's like the delicacy he's treating Marge to four onion rings. Only four. Yeah. Yes, that's it's that funny. I mean, I guess they're big. I don't know how mm. many onion rings do you usually get. I've yeah. seen I've seen some big onion rings in my mm. life. I mean, oh yeah, I, if it was a four pack of like giant onion rings then i'd understand that but i i imagine of ordering onion rings at a bowling alley you get like i don't know like 10 or 12 like it's it's uh, a plate of yeah. them yeah my bowling snack uh preferred bowling snack was fried cheese balls ah yes, delicious yeah. <laughs> i you know if you if you say here's a free onion ring, I'd munch on it because it's a fried thing. But they're right. low they're low on my list of finger foods. I'd I'm be. never gonna order onion rings, but if they're there, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will eat one. They're hard to prepare properly because often you'll bite into one, and just pull the slimy onion out of it. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. They, hate that. You need good like um, breading integrity on your onion ring. It <laughs> rarely ever happens. Well, though also you have to come in with the intent of like I am going to bite sharply yeah. and make sure yes. that I cut this onion. Yeah. Just so much work. We yeah. won't even get into the blooming onion stuff because oh, that's God. just a, a nightmare, an abomination. Oh, the, we are against the blooming onion. Uh, would you? Though I prefer it to just the onion loaf, like the oh. Tony Roma's <laughs> onion loaf. Like, I, excuse me. You don't know <laughs> that is. It's it really is just like like a bread loaf of just mushed together fried onion parts, and you just pick away at it pretty oh. much. It's it has it, it takes away. It is probably the same amount of fried onion as a bloomin' onion, but it takes away any presentation from it, and you just, oh, like, hack no. at it. That's the only thing that makes a blooming onion okay, too, is like, oh, it's fun. <laughs> if you're just eating a loaf of onion, <laughs> that's <just> depressing. <laughs> oh, boy, is it, yeah. But you got you to gotta chew on something while you're waiting for your giant pile of ribs. You can't know? talk to your family. <laughs> no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, him. I also love uh, Julie's just back and forth and like, yes, 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 yes. Like that. Smooth. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. Smooth. Very smooth. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get the pizza box scene and they sing Maggie to sleep. Little too cutesy poo for me. No joke. Just uh, Homer yeah. can actually yeah. function as a father, which he would not do now. I guess the joke is that Homer gets sleepy singing the lullaby himself. Mm. That he's that that he's so simple minded that a lullaby puts him to sleep instead of the baby. I, I just was thinking of the joke from I think it's Homer Alone, where he forgets the lyrics of this song and like he almost does fall asleep. He, uh, I think uh, he, like he ends it with like "May your Christmas dreams be bright" or something Christmas like. Christmas dreams be bright. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I imagine he's looking at his watch too as he's doing it. Yes, <laughs> that's an improved version version of this sequence i think but uh yeah then when marge comes home late and homer like again very dismissive like it's a sport yeah not a not a hobby or not a game call her a silly thing yeah you silly thing like maybe that's when marge decides like oh then i'm going again like fuck you (laughs) like you're being so well she's going again because she is interested in Jacques. like that's that's how i read it yeah when she then decides she's gonna go again, Homer just goes like, "Oh, okay, sure." And is uh, that the act break? Well, they say on the commentary that was originally uh, meant to be the act break, but they they move it down to once she decides to do brunch, and Homer just in it's another bedroom scene. That's what I thought. That's yeah. the, what the act break is, but it is paced like an act break. When they come back or after that scene. 
I really do love how Marge, the delivery of the line where Marge is like, you've got it in my size and it has my name on it. That's how I know it's for me. Like mm. she's, uh-huh. she, it, it is the reverse of the bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah. It shows just how, but also like for Jacques, what an easy get you've got of like, I just have to be right. better than a horrible husband to be a good, uh, good partner here. I like the tackiness of him telling her how much it costs too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I at first I almost read it as, as him saying like well that'll be seventeen fifty yeah that's kind of what I thought at first too <laughs> but either way it's like yeah I'm, uh, you should know I spent seventeen fifty on this mm-hmm. I also like in the in the montage you can kind of see that Marge has a sense of pride of like doing well at bowling like I I like that she's finding kind of an identity beyond mother by being you know, improving as a bowler. It's it's kind of nice, though. The music's so overbearing yeah. in this montage. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, so much. I wanted to mention one thing in the montage that I just sort of got, where it's just like they're, they're bonding, they're touching each other more. And it starts off with ways that Jacques could conceivably and plausibly touch Marge, like during certain actions, like, you know, helping her, like showing her how to throw the ball and things like that. But then it escalates to what I think are the jokes of the montage. It's like him helping her write on the scorecard and him helping her dip <laughs> the onion ring. It's just like yeah. unnecessary oh, yes. touching in You're those right. things. It's just like a little too far. So I think those are the jokes in the montage. I think they're <laughs> you, jokes. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Like, how is someone going to help you write with your pencil? <laughs> or show her, like, no, this is how you dip the uh, onion ring into something. Yeah. Like putting the shoe on her foot or, you know, holding well, the ball with her. Well, Those... Also, just uh, holding hands uh, over the little air thing that's supposed to dry mm-hmm. your hands. Oh, I like, love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that thing feels great. But the, uh, I think the, the shots that make me laugh the most in the montage is the almost like empty-headed shot of Marge, just her smiling face as it zooms in on her. Like, I can't read an emotion on her other than Mm. just like, yay, like just... Uh, uh, average happiness. It's really weird. I, I don't think the character is expressing maybe the emotion it's supposed to there but so then when it's like a turning zoom in on that drawing it just makes it funnier to me once the montage is over then uh Jacques drives Marge home and really makes his move in this uh this fun long scene I did want to mention on the commentary Silver David Silver the director of the episode credits uh the bowling ball moon scene to uh, all laid out by Istvan Mayors the uh, longtime worker on the show. I think as a kid watching this, that's what I took away most from this episode. Like, yeah, the, the bowling ball's a moon. It's so, dis- it's so <laughs> yeah. distracting. But, uh, but Ishvan worked, uh, he's credited for layout on 169 episodes wow. of The Simpsons. His most recent one was last year's Doe Canada episode. The, uh, the one that made the uh, unfortunate Newfoundland joke that oh. uh, people didn't like so much. So 30 years later, still yeah. doing layout that's awesome yeah so that's uh ishvan and and i mean the whole scene if you look at the posing on it it is really fun like the the acting by albert brooks is really funny but just his his posing like the way he kind of you don't see his hips on screen but the way he poses you know he kind of thrusted his hips when he said my hips cry proceed <laughs> <laughs> uh but but actually yes when i play the clip we can hear uh, we can learn a bit about brunch and also hear uh, Jacques' pitch to Marge. Here we are. You didn't have to drop me off. But I wanted to. Marge, do you know how beautiful you look in the moonlight? Oh, Jacques, I'm a married woman. I know, I know. 
My mind says stop, but my heart and my hips cry proceed. Marge, darling, I, I want to see you tomorrow. Not at Barney's Borderama, away from the thunderous folly of clattering pins. Meet me tomorrow for brunch. What's brunch? You'd love it. It's not quite breakfast. It's not quite lunch, but it comes with a slice of cantaloupe at the end. You don't get completely what you would at breakfast, but you get a good meal. I don't think so. Marge, darling. There are ten pins in my heart. You've knocked over eight. <laughs> Won't you please pick up that spare? Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Yeah. So there you have your sitcom mom on the show agreeing to a date with uh, with another man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, pretty far. You wouldn't see uh, a Huxtable do it. You no. know. Yeah. How about the Seavers? Yeah, boy. Gotta say that. I gotta learn another reference other than the Cosby show. Uh, Danny Tan, or when his wife's dead. Never mind. Ooh, boy. (laughs) You want him to agree to a date. Danny Tanner never has a date in the whole No. I remember like a season one full house. It's about him jealous that a woman he's interested in is interested in uh, Uncle Jesse. But other than that, I feel like he never has a woman interest in a woman in the rest of the series. He was pretty sexless huh. yeah. throughout well, the series. Well, they made him clean all the time too. Yeah. At a certain point, I think even Saget thought, "Like, are you making gay jokes with me? What are you doing here?" Yeah, but Marge is um, so sheltered; she doesn't know what brunch is. But also, yeah. an angle of that that I like is like, again, it's Jacques with these uh, Jacques with these very low stakes luxuries that he's aware of in the outside <laughs> world. Like, I'll tell you what brunch is. <laughs> That's true. He's, I mean, you know, did a did a middle class housewife know what brunch was in 1990? Mm. Like, it was it brunch was a, wasn't the cultural institution that it is now. Oh God, brunch is everywhere now. You can't it's, get away from people it. People just need to admit they're day drinking, and it's fine. <laughs> like, just say yeah. you want to get drunk at 11 a.m. and it's great <laughs> i mean when i it was a long time into adulthood that i knew what a mimosa was like and here they specifically shouted out like i i think brunch you know in 1990 very hollywood thing that people uh, making mm. the show heard about mm. but it was not as heavily popularized as it would be in the in the 2000s i feel like i feel like by Oh nine! Everybody knew what brunch was. I think Sex in the City was what popularized uh, it. Ah, I think you're right. I think at least for the marges of the world, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, I I like though that he he says it's like it's not quite as good, but you get a good meal. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, the the bowling ball moon is so was so distracting to me as a kid, but I guess too. As, as a seven-year-old, I couldn't really engage with what was happening here. I didn't fully understand what even the what a sexual encounter was, let alone what like infidelity was. Yeah, I'd like to like interview my seven-year-old self about what they thought about this episode because I know I enjoyed it. I know I wasn't <laughs> bored. I was watching a cartoon at eight p.m., but I was like, "What did I like? Did I understand any of this dynamic here?" Yeah, yeah right. I, I'm very confused now thinking about it, but I. I like Marge is now fully committed to cheating and I don't blame her. Homer's bad. Uh, but she, the way she comes back into the room and Homer's just like eh, nothing like that's just a real play. Like that would be in like a dramatic play on stage of just the, the husband knowing that she's lusted in her heart, but just giving up. Even with like, they turn the lights off and the curtain would close. Yeah. That's the end of act two on yeah. the stage play too. 
but yes, they that's when the commercial break finally happens. And when they come back, we also have kind of the dark joke of like, Lisa knows something uh-huh. is off. She doesn't exactly know Marge is cheating, but she knows a thing has changed in the home. I like how Mar Lisa even asks Marge, like, um, are you going bowling again tonight? As a matter, yes, I am. As a matter of fact, here's some more treats, and she just drops more treats in their bag. Uh, that pony sticking out of the bag really bothers me. As yeah. does the apostrophe yeah, in comics. <laughs> okay, wait. There's a, a box of comics. There's uh, like, is it bread or like a potato or like a yam? You know, it, it, to me in cartoon prop design, they do read to me as the type of baguette that is in yeah, every cartoon baguette grocery that, bag. That, yeah. You know, it's really inconvenient when you're walking around holding a giant cartoon bag of greens and baguettes and <laughs> a dog comes down and like pulls your underwear down. <laughs> and, uh, you're in, and when you're in one of those pictures by that guy who is... And then someone paints thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, you hate to see that. Do people know what um, we're talking about? <laughs> I hope so. Like It's a fetish guy. Fetish It's a guy artist. who like famously just, just did paintings about that one specific scenario. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, back to this, those bags. And then like the big pony, I was like, wait, is that like a candy pony or just like a a toy i guess it's a my little pony i, I would guess yes or a toy i love like i love when things are drawn at such low detail in early simpsons episodes that they just kind of suggest yeah. a shape of <laughs> it, it's a real challenge to give the kids bags of treats and then show what's in them at the same time yeah because yeah. yeah. it's a giant brown paper bag so it just has to stick out of the top of it yeah, it's uh, it's very confusing what it is, and I don't even see why Bart. At least Bart really loves getting a giant baguette as a treat as well. <laughs> uh, but uh, once they leave, like Lisa just like shuts down. She knows something's wrong, and uh, Marge calls Bart my special little guy. The second time it's been said in the show, she said it in the funeral dream sequence in Bart the General. Though I guess this is the first time actual marge not dream marge has called bart my special little guy mm, okay uh and <laughs> dream then... dream marge, <laughs> marge. <laughs> it's like uh, twin peaks or something speaking of dream marge one of my things i don't love when i go to the uh one of the simpsons wikis out there is that if you get to the section that is like uh, barely continuity or like argued upon continuity. The image every time to demark it is argued upon continuity. It is a picture from a dream sequence Homer had where Marge is making out with Lindsay Nagel. And so mm. I have to see this uh, uh, official porn parody ver- image oh of Marge making out with Lindsay Nagel ev- almost every wiki page oh I go God. to. It should be the one where Homer's making out with himself. Yeah, that's funnier, but but no. Uh, but also, uh, the show has their first I Stand Corrected in this next clip. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Lisa. My darling little Lisa. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Bart. My special little guy. Mm. Great lunches, eh, Lisa? Oh, Bart, don't you see? This is what psychologists call overcompensation. Mom is racked with guilt because her marriage is failing. Hey, don't rock the boat, ma'am. Whatever it is, we're making out like bandits. Bart, I read about what happens to kids whose parents no longer love and cherish each other. They go through eight separate stages. Right now, I'm in stage three, fear. You're in stage two, denial. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And not, I'm not, am not. I stand corrected. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's a that feels like a graining kind of gag to me. But I love that whole, that Bart strong denial of being in mm-hmm. denial is very funny. It's cute. I do. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> Uh, it's but it's a parody of the five stages of grief there. Uh, but Lisa Lisa puts this at eight stages for children realizing their parents' marriage has failed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Lisa is just like broken for the rest of the episode while while Bart is just like troubled the whole time. That's you know when they make all this room for Jacques, it kind of takes away any resolution to Bart and Lisa's upset I- oh, issue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Like there should be some closure of them realizing their family is together again and they're happy about it. We need time for that officer and gentleman parody too. (laughs) Don't forget about that. We'll get to that. (laughs) That noise of disgust. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't love it. Uh, Though it's funny, Mary. You know that we the last one we had you on. Uh, in that one, Bart and Lisa were disgusted to see their parents were happy together. Like they were grossed out by Oh, it. yeah. They, uh, seeing Homer and Marge, like, uh, put their hands in each other's pockets and go on dates. Like they were disgusted. Less so here, but the, the characters go through quite a lot of changes across those 10 seasons. Uh, but so the next scene comes at brunch where uh, Marge is enjoying her brunch. We get the first appearance of a major character in the series. Well, somewhat. I mean, a, a kind of She's important up there. character. Yeah. Mimosa? I'm a married woman. Please don't call me that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mimosa is the name of the drink. It's orange juice and champagne. <laughs> You're so wonderful that you thought it was something offensive. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Marge? Marge Simpson. You remember me, don't you? I'm Helen Lovejoy, the gossipy wife of the minister. Oh, yes. Hello, Helen. Well, I had just finished eating and was about to leave when I looked over this way and said to myself, why isn't that Marge Simpson over there having brunch with a man who isn't her husband? (laughs) And I just had to come over and say hello. This is, uh, they avoided a bad joke here because in the commentary, so this place is called Shorty's. And season one is full of a lot of two cleverly named characters, often uh, like Mr. Dandy from Candy, Most Dandy, Howard from Howard's Flowers. We've been over this. There's going to be a little chef's hat bobbing up and down in the background. So Shorty was the guy who worked there. And he was, as you understand, very short. Yeah, boy, I'm glad they cut that. Yeah. So there's no real joke to Shorty's Diner (laughs) now. Uh, Now I understand why the sign design is like a chef's hat shape kind of, too. Mm. I think the, I'm really glad they, I mean, they never go back to Shorty's Diner either i i think the uh i much prefer the diner that's shaped like a mushroom cloud from homer's phobia that's great that's, <laughs> that's a much more fun diner but yeah the that that was the first appearance of helen lovejoy played by maggie roswell who also does mont flanders but uh, helen appears before that i like that helen is self-identified as gossipy she's like oh i'm gossipy that's a, that's a major character thing of me the, the audience needs to know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I, uh, She's I, no Aaron Sinner's Zakowski though. Oh, yeah. They're the biggest gossips in town. <laughs> uh, the Ma- Maggie Roswell does a great job in this character. This is her first like named character. She does appear in two previous episodes to this. It's yeah. like one offs, but and um, they don't animate her as bird like in the future. She's just very like uh, Silverman says she he made her bird like. Uh, I just see. the way she's sort yeah. of like pecking around. I mean that's uh, you know the old stereotype of the hen pecked husband like the 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 chicken style wife who <laughs> chicken people. style wife chicken <laughs> That's style a, wife. i'm just saying words here uh so lovejoy <laughs> is a chicken style wife guy yeah okay uh but from a young age i've always adored chicken style wives <laughs> 
I I love how Helen is just all rubbing it in on Marge and just like loving to watch her suffer of just like, oh well, see you on church in, on Sunday and just uh letting her know how obvious it is that she is on a date and cheating and everyone who knows Marge is going to know this now. I guess uh, she doesn't tattle because uh, Homer only finds out about this in that awful clip show. Oh yes. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe, maybe, well, Homer also probably didn't hear about it because he's so unaware of anything. So he was listening to rock music on his personal stereo at church. <laughs> he does not interact with people at church. No, I, I also like how Jacques, uh, I believe in this next clip, he, he describes, he tries to trick Helen Lovejoy. Um, oh, don't squirm on my account. I am giving her a bowling lesson. Thank you. Now, Marge, uh, the pins on the 3710 split would be here. Hmm. Uh, we'll make this little piece of food a ball. The ball's bigger, you know that. <laughs> but for food, this is a good ball. <laughs> well, bye-bye. See you in church on Sunday, Marge. Goodbye, Helen. Goodbye, Helen. You have a lovely friend there. Let's hope something runs over her. <laughs> Your laughter is like music to me. But if you laugh at what I say next, I will die. For I am about to say something very serious. Perhaps shocking. Marge, my darling, I want you to meet with me again. That doesn't shock me. Away from prying eyes. Away from the Helens of the world. At my apartment. The Fiesta Terrace. <gasps> it's, uh, it finally hits... My, that, that makes her seem quite innocent that it finally hits Marge like, oh, he wants to have sex with me. This is the fi he finally has come out and said, let's have an affair. And uh, that that sends her falling to the floor into a dream sequence that uh, I, I saw the side by side video of it. I think it is specifically the 1934 Rogers and his stare film, The Gay Divorcee. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lengthy dream sequence in that, or dance sequence that looks like this. When gay men happy and to shake your booty and to wiggle your butt. Yes. Allow me to demonstrate. <laughs> uh, a divorcee who's gay now means a different thing, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, I mean, when they made up that, uh, that title, they couldn't imagine a marriage equality future in America. No mm -hmm. way. Uh, but uh, it's funny on the commentary, Silverman notes that, like, this could have more choreography and and uh and dance sequences to it but he's like there was just no time or money they they yeah. did they did it as best they could yeah they said they were limited to the amount of cells they could use back in this time oh, yeah. based on the budget wow. so they had to be very uh efficient that's yeah. true i will say the bowling apartment is like very very cool yeah marge like is... all of the little touches everywhere <laughs> like the fireplace and everything Marge's imagination of his bowling apartment is really funny. The the pin setter that uh, brings out champagne on a tray. Oh my god, I incredible. Love that. that's, that's my favorite. There's a lot of great fun. touches. And if you go to the DVD, there's a bunch of outtakes that weren't used from Albert Brooks. Oh, uh, yes. And uh, the thing about the uh, the trophies that are for lovemaking, uh, the joke they don't use is like, that's not the bowling pin, Marge. <laughs> so oh uh, they couldn't draw a bunch of dicks yes. in the scene. So I can see why they cut that out. Uh, also, when Marge arrives at the door and he opens it, like, I'm glad you're here. That felt very like the Continental to me. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the Christopher Walken sketch slash the real thing that inspired the Continental sketches. And uh, I think I like to, in Marge's dream, like, uh, let's assume 
I think it's safe to assume that Marge has only had sex with Homer in her life oh, to yeah. this point. And so for her, the thrill of being with someone who's like good at sex <laughs> probably is pretty great. Homer proudly announces how bad he is at sex at the end of the episode. That's, That's the final line. <laughs> though I though I do know that Julie in improv with Marge before, she likes the idea that they are they have great sexual chemistry and they mm. actually are really good in bed together, though uh jokes do not pl- uh support that in the writing of the show to this point like in our natural born kissers episode yeah their extreme mm-hmm. lack of chemistry on their uh anniversary night sex but yeah you mentioned the uh the deleted uh audio takes it's it's worth getting the season one dvd for stuff like that the uh the funny he tells a story about how he's on the run from the law because he ran over a horse in hershey pennsylvania he he talks about how like in the dream sequence his she compliments his tux and he's like oh it's it's not it's supposed to be white I sat in grape juice no <laughs> and uh, he has some very funny bits and he's preparing uh, with his cologne sequence at the end of the episode. Like a joke about putting on lipstick. Yes, yeah. <laughs> taking the character some interesting directions, I guess. Yeah, and and you also get to hear James L. Brooks laughing with his wonderful high pitched laugh at all the jokes that he's hearing. Uh, but yeah, the Marge awakens and fully decides like, yeah, I'm going to go to your apartment and have sex with you like that. Again, feels you look back on it as a 1990 sitcom feels pretty risque, mm-hmm. feels pretty mm-hmm. risque. I think even in like, uh, I don't know, in a 1999 raunchy sitcom about a family, it seems like a choice they wouldn't make of like, yes, the the mother very realistically decides she is going to sleep with another man. So she makes her decision after the dream sequence and uh, Homer, meanwhile, uh, he discovers the bowling uh, glove with her name on it and it confirms all the suspicions he had Mm -hmm. and uh, it completely destroys him (laughs) again in a very realistic way like. I feel like season three Homer in the same situation would just be sobbing uncontrollably, you know, and, and as far as Homer knows, unless Marge tell, if we're to take the clip show as real and in Canon that Marge never tells him as far as Homer knows, she is cheating on mm-hmm, this man. Yeah. Like it's, it's not that she's about to make the decision she's already cheating on him. Uh, but yes, Homer is just uh, shut down in this next sequence. Hey, Dad, what do you say we toss the old apple around, huh? Sound like fun? Son, I don't know if I can lift my head, let alone a ball. Oh, come on, Dad, get the lead out. Simpson checks the runner on first, he's cool, he's fine. Here's the wind-up, and here's the pitch. Come on! <laughs> Dad, you didn't even say ouch. Oh, sorry. Ouch. Lisa, Lisa, I think you're right about Dad. Something's very, very wrong here. Right, and Bart? Welcome to stage three. Fear. Well, come on. We got to do something, man. Sorry, Bart. I'd love to help you, but I'm mired in stage five. Self-pity. <laughs> Look, Dad, I don't know what's going on, but once you gave me some advice, it might help. I gave you advice. Get out of here. Yeah, you did. You told me when something's bothering you and you're too damn stupid to know what to do, just keep your full mouth shut. At least that way you won't make things worse. Mm. Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh i that sounds like abe advice to me like he's yeah. passing down the advice from abe simpson saying damn fool mouth that, yeah. that sounds like yeah. an abeism yeah and uh i mean homer is just trying to help 
uh, Bart is just trying to help Homer, and I love just Homer's empty gaze at the sky as he's like crumpled on the ground. <laughs> uh, and it, the mood of the scene is very weird. It's very just like unsettling, like twilight anesthesia, like this dark <laughs> sky. Homer just like laying on the ground. Lisa just like sitting. It looks like the beginning of a creepy pasta or something to me. <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah. I mean. Playing catch at night feels creepy in a certain It's unwholesome. Yeah. There's something unwholesome about playing catch at night. Hello, mother dear. Uh, <laughs> but it, I think they're, I mean, they're doing it at night because at night Marge is out of town. But I think yeah. it's also because Silverman admits on the commentary, they just reused the layout they did for the catch sequence in Bart the Genius. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was oh. expecting him to get hit in the head in that episode. Yeah. Like, when's it going to happen? <laughs> Bart's pitch is the same, I think just the same shot. I think pretty so. Much. But yeah, the way Homer, the way Homer just falls after, and the sound of the ball hitting his head is pretty silly. <laughs> it's a, it's cartoony, but I like it. And uh, your partner, Bob, Nina, she did such a funny tweet to me as a, as a fan of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure that oh, you yeah. can pause Homer with his knees bent and his arms <laughs> straight down in that shot. And he looks like a very specific drawing from a Jojo's Bizarre Adventure comic. That's great. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, that, uh, so yeah, Homer, Homer just giving up like it. Yeah. When you take out the comedy, your knowledge of this being a sitcom from the scene, you have a father, too sad to move or even feel pain a daughter who brought out a lawn chair outside to just sit on it and stare at the ground <laughs> and a son who's just like i gotta do something my the whole family's falling apart no 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 it's dark this is the last time we see them yes in this episode true. so no follow-up as far as they know their uh their parents it's just a countdown to divorce at this point but uh bart's uh advice that he heard from homer tells him to not speak which is fortunately homer does not follow that uh, suggestion he actually does uh, speak his mind to marge in um uh this is the best pitch he has for their marriage to continue here marge may i speak to you sure <laughs> you know i've been thinking everyone makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches but usually the jelly drips out over the sides and the guy's hands get all sticky your jelly stays right in the middle where it's supposed to. I don't know how you do it. You just got a gift, I guess. I've always thought so. I just never mentioned it. But it's time you knew how I feel. I don't believe in keeping feelings bottled up. Goodbye, my wife. Goodbye, Homer. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I think it's uh I think it's weird how Homer has like an old timey lunch pail. Like he's a construction worker. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, peanut butter and jelly just feels so simple yeah. like, uh, for an adult man to eat every day at work. Uh, I don't know. It, uh, I guess I'm just used to like when I worked in an office, you would never pack your lunch. Your one chance at fun a day is to go eat somewhere. I did when I was being severely right. underpaid. Oh, sure. And they sure. kept throwing out my lunch. Oh, that's uh. even worse. It's uh, were you a PB and J guy or what? Uh, would you no, I brought like a bunch of salad stuff and uh, yeah, I yeah. See. <laughs> yeah, PB and J seems like an odd choice for like a 35 year old man. Yeah, I uh, especially like 
it makes more sense in the next time Marge is an upset housewife in the Rancho Relaxo episode. She makes double bologna, the bologna sandwiches for Homer. And like pops out all the pimentos. Uh, for Bart, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, double bologna, double bologna. Uh, so I guess maybe she upgraded from PB&J to spend just a little money on some bologna <laughs> for a bologna. I think Homer's just sandwich. also very childish, so he gets peanut butter and jelly. That's true. That's true. I, I like how he even just so sadly stares at his peanut butter and jelly sandwich later in the episode uh and but that's all all he can notice about marge that he can compliment her on is the sandwich like her ability to make a very simple sandwich this is before marge right. could just slip him a few uncrustables <laughs> those are the frozen uh, peanut butter and jelly pouches you can that's buy that's right mm. um so what episode i think it's another early one is the one where when he's trying to explain uh what what he offers Marge, he's saying that uh, total and complete reliance. Oh, dependence. dependence. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, secrets of a successful marriage. <laughs> Season five right. finale. Yeah. yeah that's uh, the, I guess this is a, a more humble version of that same speech. Of just not, like, not as dark as the David Merkin uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. take on it. I'm just saying like, I will die if you don't take care of me. <laughs> yeah. So, which uh, that also is emotionally manipulated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, Marge is like goodbye, Homer. Again, that's just played very dramatic. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, is this her saying goodbye to their marriage right there? You know? Uh, but yes, Homer heads off, and uh, then we get our last scene with Jacques as he's as he's preparing for his uh his date. And uh there's they they remark on the commentary too. First they show his butt crack, which oh, yeah. still felt very yeah. novel <laughs> then. To the most beautiful moment in life. Better than the deed, better than the memory. The moment <laughs> of anticipation. Oh, Jacques, you handsome devil. Look at you. You're really going to strike out tonight. <laughs> and he does strike he out and that he doesn't have sex. Indeed strikes out. <laughs> that's that's a funny gag that he says strike out thinking he means it in a bowling way, not in a baseball right. way. Which, as we all know, American men... They use baseball euphemisms for uh, sex, not bowling mm-hmm. euphemisms. No, bowling is uh, not typical. But he does <laughs> several times in this episode with the pick up the spare. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> the, the, the bowling is not doing it for you. <laughs> and the, well, the pick up the spare thing, like it just it feels like we've gotten this far and you're not going to crank me. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I get uh, that. Picking up the spare, the, the strike would have been, uh, I guess, home base, I suppose. Okay. And, sexual Congress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, maybe that's what he was at. He was like, all right, can we just get a handy in the car? Then if you're going to just walk off. Uh, sorry, this is getting too, too ribald here. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> just really, uh, but really wild. Uh, so we we get a quick little scene of Homer reflecting on his lunch, and this is in air order the first appearance of Lenny. Yeah, in production order wow. though his second appearance. Uh, but yeah, Lenny first appears they when they were for Homer's night out creating other employees, uh, distinct employees for the power plant. But clearly they like Lenny so much like. 
We got to bring this guy back. He needs to be the guy saying this to all. I love Lenny so much. Oh, oh, God, he's Lenny. perfect. Please don't tell anyone that like this. <laughs> and the sadder Lenny gets, the better. And though uh, over time, Lenny goes from a guy who seemingly is uh, married to a woman to a guy who shaves a woman's legs uh, <laughs> at command to a man who lives in a hovel to... I believe now he's just fully in a relationship with Carl and him and Carl are, are a couple, I think, uh, at least as far as and jokes go. Full name is Lenny Leonard. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not Lenny. That's one of my <laughs> season 11 favorite jokes. I there. love it. Yeah. The portrait of Lenny. Oh my God. Incredible. But Lenny is so clearly a season one character because he has the beard line that would be mm. off limits after season one. He was grandfathered in the beard with the beard line. He's yeah. just too. Everybody loves Lenny too much. And uh, also at the table is Charlie, except he doesn't sound like Charlie. Like he's the guy's like domestic situation. That's, yeah. Charlie's more of like a nasally Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, I think Castellaneta says it's him doing a Lenny impression. Oh, you're right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The So Homer is just broken and they're they're reflecting on how broken he is. And uh, then we get a series of visual gags as Marge is is driving off. She passes by a couple getting married and leaving the church by a couple with a baby by an elderly couple by a gray a pair of graves which those the three are enough once you see the elderly yeah. couple the joke is there that's why it's even funnier like graves and then, and then a costume shop with two skeletons <laughs> yeah the, the skeleton uh, husband and wife are great but that's also great. there's one visual gag in there that you didn't mention that's just confusing it's like a bunch of people at a bench and it's not clear like who they oh, are yeah, or what yeah. they represent it's like a bunch of couples but they just look like a, a random group of people I guess it's supposed to be a family on a picnic I suppose that's You're what right. I, I that's what I assumed it was, but it's just not distinct enough for you to know. Like that, that should have been cut out of this, yeah. This, uh, you know, group of jokes. You don't need six examples, I don't think. Yeah, but it, I think that is another moment that at least feels a little Schwartzweldery. That it goes beyond the uh, the end point of the elderly couple. It has to imply that, like, no, this is so till death you will be two skeletons together for all time. That's how till death this is. And she's at a little a literal crossroads between yeah. the power plant and Fiesta. Terrace. <laughs> Fiesta Terrace is an okay name. I prefer where Kirk moves into later. Casanova, a oh. transitional place for singles. <laughs> that is a better, that's a better sad single that's life joke. Very good. I wonder if Jerry from the sewing store lives there. <laughs> uh, I think for a time, Apu as a swinging bachelor lived in Fiesta Terrace as well. Mm. He's that I think that's the name of where he lives when he is spotted canoodling with Princess Cashmere, but it's not where he lives when Manjula moves in with Apu. Mm. But uh uh yeah, the this line of visual gags is funny and it uh, in the previously mentioned bad clip show from season 6 one of the best jokes is Marge commenting on the, oh, yeah. all those visual gags. And also that at the end of her explaining this storyline and choosing to get with Homer, I love that Homer takes the story to mean that she is still cheating on him with Jacques. And he says, you have to end this with Jacques now. Let him down <laughs> easy. But uh, I say that you got to stop it soon. So I guess Homer thinks he deserves to be cheated on. He's cool with her yeah. having an affair to this point. But he's like, now that I know, you got to end it. It's, I, I, I'll forgive it, but you got to stop it now. That's, that's a great gag of what Homer, Homer completely misunderstanding this story as well. 
So I guess we can talk now about the Officer and the Gentleman parody. Yes. Have any of us oh seen this God. film? Nope. Not no, I, I watched the see I okay, so I watched this episode again today and I was like, yeah, that was weird. What was that? Like cuz as as a kid I was like, what is this? Um and then I just learned that it was a parody of that today and then I looked up the scene and it's just bizarre. I cannot imagine the movie that it's in. <laughs> uh well, I believe it's about how the military uh, joining the military straightens up Richard Gere's character and turns him into a gentleman worthy of the woman he is attracted to. Oh boy. And, yeah, I didn't know the context for the scene, but this one plays out. I guess the joke is that it's gender swapped yes. where uh in the movie, uh, he's looking for this woman who's working at this factory. There's a lot of movie that comes before that. That's the end. Yes. He finds her. He surprises her. He picks her up and he carries her away. At the end, she takes his hat off and puts it on her head as they walk out. Freeze frame credits. Yeah. Officer mm -hmm. and a gentleman. And then Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong is playing in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, that happens here. But uh, it's Homer coming. To, sorry, it's Marge coming to Homer's job to find him. It would have been funnier if she picked him up. Yeah. I say. Yeah. Take the joke. Take the joke to the fullest extent. But in order for this joke to work, they have to sort of give Homer his old job temporarily so Marge oh, yeah. can find him and also so he can have a hard hat on or whatever you call that safety You're right. hat. This is not him being a safety inspector. It's yeah. him doing his old picking up glowing rocks job. So in order for the joke to work, he needs to be wearing that safety hat so she can take it off and put it on her head at the on end. On her giant hair. Yeah. And the ending of Officer and Gentleman is just on YouTube. And in the scene, there is somebody saying, way to go, Paula, way to go, which is what Lenny says. So that thing that Lenny is saying is just directly, it's the only dialogue in that scene, in just, that Officer and Gentleman movie. Okay, yeah. man, the, just shot. Yeah, I, so that makes me think this was a rewrite and a Gene and Reese thing, because Gene and Reese, they would go on to create the critic. They loved doing a movie scene fully just happens like unchanged, just a complete parody of it. Like, mm -hmm. especially as an easy way to end a, an episode. And in, in 1990, they could count on like, everybody remembers the 1982 film officer and a gentleman. It won Oscars. <laughs> and I watched the original scene. I, I asked actually, everyone should go out and watch it. It's like a minute long. It gave me anxiety because he's like looking for this woman in this busy factory <laughs> and he finds her and she's working at a machine and he comes up behind her and starts kissing her neck and i'm like she's gonna get hurt you're gonna cause an injury she'll kill someone she like she shot. like spins around afraid like what's happening <laughs> but yeah it's, uh, it's on youtube but this is what this is from and they and they paid for an instrumental version of up where we belong they they paid for the real song so wow. not not the original that would cost more but they did pay for the instrumental of it which was a song written for the movie too it was original for the film i oh. I yeah, Officer and Gentleman. I think now, if you were to know anything about it, it would be the reference of like, I got nowhere else to go. Oh, that's from that movie. Yeah. Okay. The, I believe the big standout of the film was Lou Gossett Jr. He won the Oscar for it as the the gruff drill instructor who's going to turn him into an officer and a gentleman, take him from some dirt bag and turn him into an officer and a gentleman. So when he arrives at the end of the movie in his full outfit that is him i'm like i am now an officer and a gentleman worthy of sex let's, let's go <laughs> are worthy of love presumably they say. go they go beyond his car and have sex though i, I think so yes but uh i mean let's let's just hear the the music and the lines here uh, huh? Huh? Mark, what a lovely surprise you're here to see me right of course 
backseat of my car with a woman I love. And I won't be back for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So that was it. Yeah, I I like that Homer thinks it's very special. The last ten minutes in, a, in sex. <laughs> I just I love that draw that kind of off drawing of Lenny with like the bee sting muzzle. Oh yeah, as his like clapping hands are yeah. going back and forth. Wait, like no one knows the context for why Marge is showing up, but they're just like on board with this because it's like oh we're part of a movie parody. This is great. Act like the people in the movie. Well, mm-hmm. I guess they did know that Homer was sad about his marriage earlier. So seeing Marge appear makes them happy, I guess. I, I, that's that's the best I got. I mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it, it really is that they know they're in a movie parody and they need to act accordingly. And it's uh, it's a wacky end to to this episode. But I think you need to to end it with no conversation because the more they talk about the situation, like is Marge. Do you imagine that Marge, after they have sex in the back of the car, then says, I'm so sorry, I almost cheated on you, but I, I'm not, and I'll never go bowling again. And it's like, <sighs> I don't know, Homer owes her a better gift than at least. Like, this feels like huh. he gets to win without doing anything. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, the ending of this episode is like total, like, garbo, I think. <laughs> um, just from like a narrative perspective, it just, like, Marge just makes a sudden decision to be like, like she was totally going to. And then the reminder is, isn't like seeing even like a picture of him or something or something that reminds her of him. I guess there's like the the skeletons and stuff, but then like, it's just the the road, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, the nuclear power plant happens to be just, and it's kind of funny, but it's just like, yeah, they don't know what to do with Marge. And it's a sitcom. So they have to wrap it up in like 30 minutes. And, uh, It'd be nice to actually hear Marge's reasoning for why she ultimately chose the the visual gags, as funny as they are, it seems more just like God reminding her of like you yeah. committed to your marriage, you yeah. will go to hell. No, like, these these are all really good points. And I'm thinking now that like what Marge's inspiration is is like I don't want to die alone. And yeah. that's basically it. And we forget about the darkness of that, which I don't think is intentional. Mm. I think they want this to be a sweet scene, but they're borrowing so much of the sweetness of an existing uh, media <laughs> thing that we're just like, oh yeah, there's a fun movie parody and they love each other again. You don't think of like, well, what was Marge thinking? Like, yeah. what were her reasons? Like the movie parody sort of just like, just pushes you to the end and then you forget. What mm-hmm. I do like that they put in that last scene with Jacques to make it clear that like, just in case, I, I think it was obvious earlier anyway, but just in case you thought Jacques was interested in a serious relationship with Marge, his preparing for her arrival makes it very clear. It's like, she's just a notch on the bedpost. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he, mm-hmm. it's just a conquest for him. And once it's done and he's destroyed their marriage, uh, then it's over for him. He's, he's not he's interested. He's got his 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> So time for that Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> May, so yeah, maybe it just hit Marge and she's like, oh, this is this is just a dalliance and I should stay committed to my husband. But then Homer gets to like, yeah, again, when, he, gets, he gets to have an orgasm and get yes. his wife back. Yeah. All, all because he gave like, I mean, Homer in a way deserved to feel bad. He took her his wife for granted and he all he did to win her back was just like 
lightly compliment her when he knew it was too late. This is what happens yeah. when you're, uh, one of your head writers doesn't want to hire women, really. <laughs> Just like, no matter, we see this a lot in The Simpsons, though. It's like, no matter how bad Homer is, I think a lot of the things they fall back on are like, well, he felt bad. So yeah. Yeah. He, should get, he should get rewarded for feeling bad. I mean, I think the majority of the season one writers, if they were married in season one, are not married to the person they were married to in season one now. So right. I, I'd like to think they've all learned lessons about marriages uh, and and uh, and are better people and better better spouses and, and partners. But uh, yeah, no, this uh, you, you, Mary, you're correct. This is quite unearned for Homer and the kind of a, a garbage ending that just leans on the familiarity of a reference. Uh, but I guess any fi- any other final thoughts, guys? I, I feel like we pretty much. Yeah, I think it that up. was it. I mean, yeah. it's uh, again second most watched episode of The Crazy. Simpsons, uh, so it's very important in that Wild. respect. And uh, it is important because it also gives Marge something more to do than be like the the scolding shorts mom. That's true. So, yeah. but uh, it does kind of you know uh, face plan on the ending a bit. <laughs> I do have one little point that I I found while researching this episode, which is that. There was a Dear Abby column in 2004 where one of the letters was just the plot of this episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, and they ended up pulling uh, the column because they realized that it was fake. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, they, tro- they trolled Dear Abby with a 14-year-old episode of Simpsons. <laughs> now I want to yep. troll like our slash relationships yeah. or whatever uh, on Reddit. Please, Bob. I want to believe all of those are real <laughs> and true. It's, it's oh, more fun that it, way. It's all just fun <laughs> microfiction. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yes, Merritt, please let us know where we can find you online, how we can support you, and uh, where you work. Yeah, so I'm the features and trending editor at a website called fanbyte.com, which is uh, a games website. We cover film, we cover TV, uh, and we have a lot of podcasts out now. So you can look up Fanwith, is, uh, the flagship Fanbyte podcast. We, we're doing a, a New Pope podcast mm. Uh and yep. that's done because the show is done. <laughs> our, um, our pre, our uh, guest from a couple weeks ago, Virgil Texas, he was on one of those. Oh yeah, he actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we have a bunch of sports podcasts now. We're doing a one called Fan Fight, which is uh, about uh, one of the hosts, Danielle Riando, is really into MMA, and the other one, LB Hunk Tears, is into professional wrestling, and they sort of do a cultural exchange. Will they Ooh. get along? <laughs> yeah, right. The, the original odd couple. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, to our, we're on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. Um, I'm on Twitter at Merritt K. But yeah, no, please, please check out our shows. I think you'll really like them. Man, I gotta. That one has been on my back burner. I've been needing to listen to the fan fight one because I, I'm I'm more on the wrestling side of things. But at a at a time, I was really into MMA before before it um, got fully brochalized in uh, mm-hmm. 2004. But uh, yeah, no, I gotta. And and Danielle and and Hunk Tears are two of my favorite uh, tweeters on the internet. They're great, and they yeah, it's a great show. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Merritt. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me back for my third time Ooh. on the show. The next time Just we third get... anniversary. <laughs> uh, the the next marriage trouble episode. We'll be sure to. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's most yes. of the episodes. Call me up whenever it comes up. <laughs> 
So thanks again to Merritt for being on the show. Uh, please support all of her stuff. But if you want to support our stuff and get all of our episodes one week in advance and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And if you sign up for five bucks a month, you'll get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes over 100 bonus episodes that we've done in the past almost three years of this Patreon. And that includes all of our miniseries, of course. And we have a new miniseries coming in April of 2020, the first of two for 2020. And that will be Talking Mission Hill, recovering the entire run of Mission Hill, the amazing Oakley and Weinstein uh, series they did after The Simpsons. So we'll be talking about all of that very, very soon. You can only hear it if you're a $5 patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And Henry can tell everybody out there what's happening at the $10 level. One super, super, super long podcast every month that's about a movie and that's voted on by patrons. That's correct. If you want all that cool $5 stuff but want even more, for $10 a month, you get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where we talk about a different animated feature film once a month. This month, it's SpongeBob SquarePants the movie. Last month's was The Great Mouse Detective. And there's tons and tons before that. Over 50 hours of exclusive podcast. We talk for over four hours in most cases about a different animated feature film. As uh, Jacques would say, it's a $40 value. So why not sign up for 10 bucks a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I have another podcast, by the way. It's called Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. You can find that wherever you find podcasts. But if you go to our Patreon for Retronauts at patreon.com slash retronauts and you sign up at the $5 level, you can get two exclusive podcasts every month that aren't available on the free feed. So if you enjoy classic video games, we have six potential episodes a month for you to listen to at patreon.com slash retronauts. Henry, how about you? Hey, I'm Henry Gilbert. Follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Anytime new podcasts are out, I tweet about them, and I share all my fun thoughts there. You should also follow the official Twitter account of this podcast at Talk Simpsons Pod. You'll stay in the loop whenever new stuff happens in the lives of me or Bob and all the other cool content we do. So one more time, follow that on Twitter at Talk Simpsons Pod. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for Homer's Night Out, and we will see you then. Dreams until the dawn. <laughs> <laughs>